Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of Hows, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience, using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders. Your vision, their experience delivered. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Make the Difference Podcast. Today we have three gentlemen in here. Ryan Williams, uh, Stephen Ray Garcia, and Jeremy Valdez, all from Sandlot Medical. They're going to be here talking to us today about their story and their journey and how um, Alpha Stem has kind of helped them. It's a new technology that's been out there that's helping with PTSD and a bunch of other things. Uh, we'll let them kind of explain a little bit more. So, guys, introduce yourselves. Uh, Stephen, Ryan, Jeremy, welcome. Good thank morning. You. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited. So tell us a little bit about yourself, like 30 <coughs> seconds or whatever, and then we'll kind of get into your stories and go from there. Um, sure. So um, I was born in New Mexico, um, Arizona State Sun Devil. I think you call it uh, Harvard, the Harvard of the South. South. Yeah, I've used sure. Harvard of the Desert. People always <laughs> nice. get a, a chuckle out of that. Um, I was a firefighter for many years in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Got into medical sales, uh, medical devices. Uh, big passion for working with the VA and veterans with PTSD. Um have a medical distributorship out here and uh that's uh kind of what we do full-time is uh, majority of what we do is serve veterans and um it's a pr profession and a passion and uh ryan i'll let him introduce himself but i actually met ryan when we were uh working out at a crossfit gym here locally down the street we won't hold that against <laughs> you guys <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think uh he had a he had a soccer jersey on and i was like oh you like soccer i used to play soccer and in high school college. tight things and high knee socks and all that stuff too yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and so we started chatting and then um uh this was over three years ago and then i'll uh, kind of let him uh kind of share his little bit of his story and how we got connected yeah, so I grew up in Southern California. I went to school up in Northern California. Um, I was a CrossFit coach for a little bit um, during college and a little bit after. Um, and then uh, me and my girlfriend moved down here because she was um, starting medical school. And so I kind of had to find a grown-up job. So I kind of was looking in medical sales and kind of stumbled into Steve at the gym. And I am the clinical educator for for the company so i do all the the boring stuff talking about all the research and mechanism of action of all of our different products you're the nerd yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly well, that's yeah. a good job to have actually. everybody yeah. needs the technical nerd yeah. right uh, right makes things run 
So it's like uh, Moneyball when, um, what's his name, points to the other yeah. guy. You're not as fat, though. So. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're in much yeah. better shape than that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You guys can't see it, but he is. Yeah. Hey, my name is Jeremy Valdez. I'm actually, I grew up here in the Valley and uh, grew up with Brandon. And we went to. I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry, Jeremy. We went yeah, I'm to sorry. high school and stuff together. And uh, moved to L.A., like 21 years ago to be an actor and that's how I've been able to make my living for the past 21 years had some really cool success with that and uh, recently my family and I just moved back here to the valley uh, just for a change of pace and a change of lifestyle the the way that my business operates uh, has now enabled me to to do it from any place in the world and um, California sucks California <laughs> yeah, well I'm not gonna lie it's well, okay. well Los say. Angeles sucks yeah and uh, Steve Garcia is my, my cousin, also my best friend, and I believe in the in, in Alpha Stem and the products that he's that he's uh, that he's dealing with. And uh, in my business, sometimes I have a lot of downtime. And Steve's like, "Hey, while you're here in the valley, do you want to uh, do you want to come and help out with some stuff?" And I said, "Absolutely." But uh, Alpha Stem in particular, I've had a lot of success with in my life, so uh, that's what I'm doing here. All right, right on. Very cool. <laughs> All right, Steve, we'll tell us. Tell us kind of your story, how it came about, how all this stuff kind of came into play. Uh, sure. So <clears throat> after college, um, I graduated from ASU. I had a uh, different career here. My degrees in criminal justice um, here at ASU. And then, um, you know, when you're younger, people will kind of bait you with different carrots. And I remember going to a job fair and I went to with some financial advisors and banking and whatnot, and they were, you know, this is how much money you can make, you can do this. And um, uh, right out of college at the time, uh, what I did was I ended up taking up a job um, with Bank One at the time. So, you know, I still call it Bank One Ballpark, <laughs> the Chase Field, it'll just be Bank One. Um, and as a financial planner, I got my, uh, my investment license and whatnot, and I was miserable doing that job. I just knew it wasn't for me. It was, uh, you know, sitting behind a desk for hours upon end uh, during the day inside a, inside a bank. Um, just wasn't for me. Really wanted to test more of a passion. Uh, civil servant was a big um, passion of mine. I always was interested in um, with a lot of the reports I did in research in college with crime and serial killers and, and whatnot. I ended up um, wanting to go back home to New Mexico for some family reasons. I started doing some ride-alongs with some uh, police departments, some sheriff departments there, um, and also some um, fire departments, and I really kind of gravitated towards the firefighter side. And uh, at the time, there was uh, only one company hiring, at the time, one city, the city of Santa Fe, that's our capital, there in New Mexico. And uh, I, I, I was working at a restaurant, going, taking my uh, courses at, University of New Mexico for my EMT license because there you have to get your EMT and, and the yeah, departments like didn't eight hour class right it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like twice a week for months or whatnot but you, yeah. they didn't uh, that uh, the departments at that time they didn't um and this is many years ago they didn't uh, include it where they didn't hire you and then they got school you had to most have all don't. this stuff yeah yeah, yeah. so um <clears throat> had to have that and then uh, I was working at a at a restaurant serving bartending and I saw this uh, fire captain come in one day. I was like, oh, Santa Fe, that's pretty cool. I'm going to EMT school, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, hey, he's like, we're hiring. He said, right now, he said, but the deadline's Friday. It happened to be a Wednesday. I was like, oh, man. So I had to scramble to get all kinds of information 
uh, and get it to them um, within about a day and a half. Um, I was very, very fortunate um, that when I um, test for department, because there, there was a lot of guys there. The first part was the physical fitness pe- uh, portion after you submitted your packet. If they said, hey, you know, we'll accept you to go to the physical fitness portion uh, test. And, you know, those guys who have been trying for years and years and years. And it's a smaller department. And I was fortunate enough um, to pass that. And took I got, the CPAT, right? Um, you, you took the CPAT, right? Um, didn't have to have the CPAT. Okay. Yeah. Because the CPAT's been around for... Yeah, it may, it may, this may predate yeah, CPAP. What, yeah. What year was that? Oof. It was 2006, 2000... No, I'm sorry. No, it was like 2002. I'm sorry, 2002, yeah. Yeah, they, maybe yeah. they hadn't adopted yeah, it. And yeah, and not all departments have adopted it or yeah. had adopted it at the time. And that was, uh, it's interesting. I'm sure that'll come up with the conversation a little bit. I, I realized, and it depends on the union, how the union is with the municipality, what the testing, all kinds of things. That was, it was, it was interesting to learn that process over the years how and how the differences of different departments that I remember doing some ride-alongs here as well in Phoenix and Chandler. Um, so very fortunate enough to do that. I... I Took the written test. I was very fortunate and found out that um, I was an anomaly that I, I got offered a job my first tryouts of everything. Um, so it was, it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a blessing. Um, it was a good experience for many years. I did that for about five years. I did medical sales part-time for a buddy's company as well because, you know, we had a lot of free time. And at that time, our, uh, you know, to supplement our, our income, the large majority of us had second jobs. Yeah. Everybody that sells AEDs. Yeah. Do that for 15, <laughs> okay. For Interesting. Fi- for 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Motorized wheelchairs okay. is what I do at oh, that wow. time. Yeah. So, because I made a lot of contacts with the hospitals there and Something then the clinics. Real sexy. Yeah. Real sexy. <laughs> but it is interesting to go and deliver. I do a lot of bird dogging. And uh, so that was a blessing. That got me introduced to that world. I was able to work from the fire station. I coached uh, competitive youth soccer at the same time. Um, that was a, a big passion of mine. So I did that uh, my days off. But also I could do that job. is very flexible. For sure. Be able to do things from the fire station, make calls, follow up, set up appointments. And in my days off, I could, you know, go hustle a little bit. And that was pretty good. Um, it was interesting because the the I remember at that same time, the your first podcast, the, the couple of the football players who are now with your department. Oh, Roy and uh, Tuck. Yeah. yeah. So I remember when... Um, one was talking about at that time when he was going to apply and it was at the Coliseum, the Madhouse of McDowell. Mm. And I was testing with Chandler and Phoenix around that time because I wanted to leave that area and I just liked Arizona. I really missed it. And I remember, I, it must have been right around the same time is because I remember going to um, the testing and it was wrapped around the building. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I totally remember that. I mean, there was, you know, I think a couple thousand applicants, people coming in from all over. And yeah, was, we used to get four or five thousand. I think now oh, we yeah. get like yeah. four or five hundred. I took the test so with five thousand people. Yeah. So I remember that story. I was like, oh, that resonated. I wonder if it was about the same time because I was looking to kind of expand. Um, yeah. Santa Fe was great for this reason, but I wanted to leave New Mexico. Again, and, New um, Mexico. It's, yeah. clean, it's cleaner than regular Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little newer. So, and this is my home state. I so um, I appreciate it now more in life when I go back. There's some things I gravitate to more than when I was younger. When I was younger, I had a different view of life. So I didn't appreciate some of the things it has to offer. But uh, yeah. definitely Phoenix was a better fit for me. So I wanted to migrate back here. So, And I remember when he was talking about that because I was uh, at the time – I was testing in Chandler. I got I got accepted to their mini fire department, but it was like unpaid. Yeah, and you had to do it. Yeah, for it's some... almost like a tryout. It's like a farm. <laughs> yeah, process. They rank, they rank yeah. the guys. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So, and it was it was great. Those guys were great. I remember um, 
the training officer, I think it was Lieutenant Garcia, really good guy. They were really cool. I, mean, I did many ride-alongs with Phoenix, Chandler, trying to get a field, to get my name out there, get in the grind. And um, definitely learned the differences when you have these larger departments with uh, a stronger union, because I realized how big of an impact the union is. When I was a young rookie firefighter, I was just happy to be there, just, you know. Like most guys. Yeah, yeah. just like. I got a job and a t-shirt. That, I can know, ride around this thing. Seeing a boob for the first time <laughs> in the back of a car, you're like, yeah. so it was, uh, and they were really great to me, like both departments, super cool. And they kind of, I think they accepted me a little bit because I'd already been in the in the, in the department for sure. professionally for a few years. and But at that time, I was doing. I was driving back and forth for it. Uh, my dad even helped me a few times. I had to get shifts covered. I had to still work my part-time job. I mean, I was literally killing myself, and I just had to respectfully just, I couldn't do it for months on end with a gamble that you may get selected yeah. down the road. And uh, and then Phoenix that time, they put a freeze. So I didn't hear back. I, I passed that the- That must have been like 2008. Yeah, 2008. Right, right in there. Yeah, exactly. We didn't hire for three years. Yeah, that yeah. was that was it. And they- so I passed the written, I passed the physical fitness uh, portion. They said, hey, we'll get back to you. And then I got my next letter. The written's only uh, developed on an eighth grade reading level. So it's <laughs> don't, don't, not that impressive. <laughs> but some people didn't pass. So <laughs> if yeah, yeah. If we're here, it's not that impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I got my, I remember, and I, I got my next letter, but it was after I decided to just, I said, look, I really love this job, but I got an opportunity, one of the, um, at the same time, I had a, and I was just, I was working 60 hours a week at the fire department, plus overtime and trying to scrap together that. I was working part-time jobs. Just, I had a college degree. I was like, I'm working 85 hours a week, and I'm barely clearing probably around 50 grand a year. I was like, Whoa. Whoa. I was like, this yeah. is, this was, uh, th- this, there has to be something more. So I, um, one of the, the, the soccer moms from our team said, hey, our medical company's hiring. You have some medical experience with your job. You have some sales experience. Why don't you look out for it? So I ended up having to have some um, <clears throat> come to Jesus moments about what I wanted in life, what I wanted to do. I wanted to expand out of the, the area I grew up in. And so I, What did Jesus say? Um, <laughs> yeah. Walk this medical way. Medical sales. Yeah. Walk this way. Um, uh, I want to roll this morning. Sorry. <laughs> go away from the blue shirt with your name on. And, and yeah. it was uh, it was so interesting because I was listening to your podcast about some of the things like you talked about with growing up, like some of those messages and whatnot. And I was yeah. listening. I was like, oh, I remember this time when it was uh, you know, Jeremy and I talked a lot, and it was. It was so interesting because that time when I I was listening to so many different voices when I was trying to make a decision because I got an offer from this company. I was like, wait a second, this this medical company is going to offer me starting salary above what I even make right now, plus commissions, plus benefits, plus I can get expense. Like it was like, and I can work a normal lifestyle. I was like, ah, so. Um, they said, if you work the New Mexico territory for a while, then and then we have an opening in Phoenix. You can kind of join in. And it was interesting at the time where. And this all goes, it's interesting because a lot of this goes back to why I work with Alphastem now. A lot of it has to do with PTSD, my grandfather's World War II veterans. And then I know the effects of what, if someone, especially head of a household, has those mental experiences and how it affects the generation, the household, the younger generations, and, and how it carries on. Like it, it just, um, it, can conter- it can carry on for generations. And, and it's interesting because it's, it's cultural. And, and, and it was interesting because the time my, um, you know, Jeremy and I talk about this because our moms are sisters and it was a lot of it's so fear-based. They grew up in a different time where it's like, 
they scrapped for everything they had. Like yeah. they grew up dirt poor. My grandfather, the one that we share is, you know, is a World War II veteran, had severe PTSD and it affected our parents um, big time in their household and, and growing up. And so at the time, and so did my dad on my dad's side, my other grandfather had, um, you know, P, what they classify, they didn't classify as PTSD because it was a diagnosis back then from yeah. World War II, but it was those, those mental symptoms. So we, um, you know, we saw, saw firsthand about what, what, that creates in a culture and a life and um and it was interesting even even at that time of of uh when i came to making some decisions if i was going to leave the fire department which is a city job and in the area we live and my parents but the way they grew up like if you get a city job like oh my You're gosh set, like, dude like yeah. it's, yeah. dude this set is yeah. retirement uh, yeah. and, you know and they have a uh, in, in new mexico you the time, every third day what yeah <laughs> yeah they had uh you know, the, the PERA is that you can set, get a, a date for retirement. You get a certain percentage and there's like, it was always so, which I, I didn't understand because it was so much focused on retirement. Like in, in, in that mindset, even the fire department, I worked with the police, like that was always a talk about like retirement, retirement, retirement. It's like, I was like, wow, it's like, I still want to live. Like I, I just didn't understand that just total focus on that. And my right. parents, my parents were very fear-based based on their experiences growing up where it was so volatile and there was so much chaos and it was um, for, for them to hang on to the stability of just like something like that. Like my mom was beside herself, like, how can you possibly give up a city job? Like this is the apex about what life is about in, in her eyes. And I was like, <laughs> mijo, and, and, yeah, mijo, <laughs> you understand? It's like, oh, so it was. And then um, my dad also worked for Los Alamos National Laboratories and he retired from there and he had a lot of life challenges and whatnot, but he, he, he persevered and pushed through to retirement. But to him is like very similar. It was a government job. Like, no, like you hold on for dear life. Like right. th th there's nothing else in life that could be possibly better than that. And, and it works well for a lot of people. It, it works yeah. well. Um, for We're not like, taking any offense or anything. You're yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and, <laughs> but, you know, for me listening, it's like, some people are like, I work for a city. Like, I, it's like, fuck you, buddy. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> But then also it's like that was a smaller town mentality. Uh, I grew up in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, and where our parents grew up in a small town called Espanol North is not a – it's definitely not as progressive as Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tempe, you know, these areas. So it's a different cultural mindset and even for the, the laboratories up there. So they were really struggling with the fact that I was looking to go away from a city job. And uh, I was trying to present this information, and then I almost like – Sometimes those voices in your head, I was like, well, maybe they're right. Cause you think, oh, yeah. maybe they're right. And then, uh, my, my, a really close buddy of mine, um, at the time. And he was one of the guys who, who I worked with the medical sales and it was Brian. And, and when I was talking about, it, I was like, Hey, I don't think I'm gonna take that medical job. And, uh, you know, I'm doing right working with you. I'm doing this. All right. You know, I have some things I got to set for longevity and whatnot. And then I remember he just said, he's like, I don't, he's like, you're not working with me anymore. He said, he's a, you're, you're an idiot. He said, I'm going to tell you something that your dad should be telling you. Yeah. He's like, you quit this job. He's like, you take that opportunity. He's like, this is a whole new world to get involved in a whole new area of life. You can expand <clears throat> professionally, professionally, personally. You're talking about growth. Like, hey, like you might be able to chase those other fire department jobs. Because um, Phoenix put on a freeze at the time. And I yeah. just couldn't do the Chandler one. I just was driving my, I was killing myself trying to make that happen. I still had, I think like another two months to go at the time. And so I decided to take a job. After he kind of talked to me, and he's like, he's like, no, it's like, dude, he's like, take this. This is a good thing, and yeah. don't don't listen to your parents. 
and and no disrespect for them, it was um you know it was uh they just had a different mindset about. Well, the they world. want what's safe for you, right? Yeah, yeah. safe like <gasps> that's apparent. We, like we this is safe, safe, like, like yeah, talk, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Don't yeah. no, don't go outside. It's cold. You're gonna get cold. And we talked, Jeremy and I talked about that. Our parents, our mothers are the same way. Very a lot of fear based, like not risk, like no risk. Yeah, like, you can't do that. And so um, end up doing that. Um, and then as soon as I was in that job for. I think about two years, and then I got the letter from Phoenix. Like, hey, we're reopening. You're Come on to the back. next phase. And I was like, and at that time, <laughs> I think my, my EMT, I didn't take my CEs, like, let it go. I had to accept life. Like, okay, this doesn't define me. This is just abortion. So I was like, okay. I was like, then I have to go through the course thing. I have to retake the cert. I, have to do this. I was like, ah, oh, man. So I just had to. It's a lame class, too. It really could be a week. Come yeah. on, let's be honest. I, and, and even if I had the experience, I was like, okay. I was like, I had to come to grips uh, and say, okay, I, I just, that's, that part of me is a, is a good life experience. And there's a lot of things I loved about that job. And I, I talk about that, uh, you know. And it's not for everybody. No, it's like, not. I loved it. It's, you know, I continue to love it. And it gives me leeway to do other things. And totally. It's just, it's, we have guys that leave all the time, too. Yeah. So it's not, not all the time. It's not uncommon. Like, especially now, um, you know, guys, guys leave to go be PAs or their wives have really good jobs. And they can go do something else, stuff like that. So it's not totally, totally uncommon. And we have guys that, man, the one dude left, we had like, 13 years on or something like that so yeah, yeah. no but i understand but i understand the thought <clears throat> process and yeah. no I, I think i want to do something else and i think yep. everybody should go do what they feel like mm-hmm. there is their calling or or, or, or <laughs> new adventures that they want to try and sometimes there's a lot of risk involved in that it's that's, like sure. golden that's okay yeah. yeah i call them golden golden, golden handcuffs. Handcuffs, yeah yeah for sure because <laughs> it, it's a great job but it know, is and a lot downfalls. of it has to do with how you are as an individual and then what the department's like and the culture that has for, um, with the unions, a big, big thing. And so I learned, especially doing ride-alongs in San Diego, Phoenix, and Chandler, a lot of different departments. Like, it was such a difference. I was like, whoa. And if I would have been part of one of these departments here, it would have probably been a retirement job for life because I could have just expanded those other horizons as well as did that. So then um, I worked for one medical company. Ended up transferring back to Phoenix uh, when the job opening up. And then um, got into medical sales. Worked for one medical company for many years. Got involved working with the VA which was a huge passion of mine. I just love serving veterans. I think they're very underserved. I started serving at the VA here with the medical devices. I worked with that company for um, about 13 years. Um, what, it, what medical device was that? It was called the um, RS4i. It was a device. It was, and I still pretty confident it's the, it's, it's the best of its kind. It treats uh, pain and muscle symptoms. It's the, it's, the, it's the highest end one you can get. Okay. And the VA, um, if you all don't know about the, the, the VA system works quite differently than the private sector with medical care. Um, the VA makes its own rules. Um, they don't follow Medicare. They don't call Blue Cross Blue Hold Shield. Hold on. The, the government makes their own <laughs> rules? Hold on. Yeah. That's, that's a four- Federal state. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah. So the, the flip side for the, you know, and, uh, and, and the flip side for the VA is they allow, it depends. Each VA operates on its own. There's numerous ones. So they, one VA, this VA here is completely different than the one in Tucson, completely different than the one in Prescott. They just, they are their own mothership and, and they hold pride. Like this is how we do it. And yeah. so it's interesting. You think the same system nationally, but yeah. they're not a federal system. Yeah. No, no, it's not. So we, um, and the Phoenix VA shouldn't be bragging about anything, but crazy enough, the thing that I defend about the Phoenix VA, um, is, the realm we work in with devices, the the man in charge of it is a, a veteran himself. And so as much as they've had some bad press over the years, 
um, they are very progressive in a lot of ways. A lot more progressive than the other, a lot of the other facilities, even in my home state. In the Southwest, I'll say New Mexico, Nevada, Arizona, even Southern California, I would say that they are probably the most progressive or if not, they're right there at the top with what they offer veteran care. They're very progressive with stem cells, with um, devices, with, you know, even the alpha stem or other VAs, they just, we hear different rumblings why they don't want to spend the money. They just don't do this. But it's like the veterans here get a lot of care with that other device. That was a premium device for treating spine that I worked with. Like they get a lot of really good um, treatment options that, that are very modern and progressive that other VAs just don't have and other veterans don't get access to that's good to hear it that's is awesome and yeah. so we i'm you know from the press that happened several years ago but i'm always defending it and then the 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 the, the man and i don't you know i don't want to name his name just because I, I i'm very cautious at times i talk about the va is that the the man running um prosthetics was in charge of it he, he he's very he he's all about veteran care and he allows the doctors and the medical providers to make those decisions to say hey if you think this is medically best for the veteran then you make that call and I'll, I'll deal with the logistics on the backside. So that's Fantastic. very fortunate where there's a lot of people, there's a lot of VAs where there's not the veterans or former veterans making the calls that are, that have that professional empathy. And he does. And I think professional empathy is a really big thing. So, um, <clears throat> I ended up working for that company for many years. And then there was, I learned something about corporate America at that time too, is that at that time I was selling my soul for, with, girlfriend at the time, family, personal time and whatnot, just trying to climb that corporate ladder. So, oh, I want to get to, I want to get to, uh, you know, climb the corporate rankings. Here's the money. Here's this and that. And then I learned they give you the good old boy pat on the backs for a period of time when it serves them. And then right started, right before I started my own company, I remember the, uh, the, the CEO and the VP of sales at the time, they'd ran the company to the ground. They, they literally like, it was in debt millions of dollars. Cocaine. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and then we, on a Tuesday, got a promotion to that next level, made the rankings to number three, had the most profitable territory. And on Thursday, they started laying off people left and right. Think about 70% of people lost their jobs. They, uh, they cut the sales. They cut our, uh, our pay by 60, 70%. And I was like, you know, I said, and I tried to lobby. I said, look, I said, I'm still making money for the company. Like, if those guys aren't, that's that's fine. But I'm still producing. Why is my pain being cut? Because I'm, we're in sales and I'm producing. They said, doesn't matter. We have to do this across the board. So I learned, learned a real hard lesson. It doesn't matter with those corporations at times if, if, if how good you're doing. It's like, they, it didn't matter to them. And I was it left a really bad taste in my mouth because then I had to take a really massive pay cut when I was still producing and doing well. And it's like, I made that decision where I lobbied them just to sell independently as a as an independent contractor. I said I'm not going to leave my life in the hands of one man again. Uh, and so it it that bad experience it w- was so bad that it drove me to another level in life and saying you know what? I'm going to start my own small business. I'm going to start my own small business by I have these relationships. I don't have a business background, but I have enough experience where I'm going to figure this out. And I have these relationships with the VA. I love what I do. And so I started my own. Um, distributorship at the time and 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 and, uh i carried a lot of different products and and one of the ones that i what happens i built those relations for a time and a few months later the va some of the doctors i worked with said hey they said we like what you do so much we want to start using this device but we don't have a rep for it and i said what is this um and at the time um because of the residual lifestyle as a firefighter 
one of the things that I never, ever um, recovered from was my sleep patterns. The insomnia had stayed with me for years where it was just habitual, getting a couple hours of sleep a night, waking up, messing around on my phone, reading, hour here and there where my sleep patterns were never normalized, as well as I would have a lot of um, situational anxiety, stuff from my past, the, the sounds. I remember it took me a long time where I would get triggers from sounds that reminded me of the alarms in the middle of the night, and it would just... It would just catch me on edge, um, and, and and I think if you all can empathize, especially when you're tired, like that lack of sleep after a long period of time, like what it does to you mentally. Now, and, and I refuse to take meds. Uh, uh, I didn't like sleeping pills. I didn't like anything. I don't take meds. I don't drink alcohol. Um, I just live with it. It just really did. I just live with it and stuff. And then when they introduced me to this Alpha Stem device, it's like, what is this? Pretty interesting. And and so I had to get some letter of recommendation for them. I'd reached the company and, and I found out that they were using this in the VA, but not really as much at that VA. And I contacted the company. I had to go through this business plan of operations. They do a lot of things in order to see if they'd vet me as a, as the vendor. It took several months and they finally accepted me to come on with the Alpha Stem, which is, um, has been such an amazing tool. And this has been over seven years now. Um, and I, and I said, well, I said, let me try this out. Because at the time, I was going through some really hard life challenges. I was going through a, a pretty rough breakup. I was going through, uh, my sleep patterns were off. It was it was uh, going through the remodel of my home that I lived in. I was doing a lot of it myself. I, you know, it was the first time in my life I was, like, depressed. I was, uh, my, my situation anxiety turned to chronic anxiety at the time. And if you all ever live with chronic anxiety, that's why I can relate to so many veterans and what we talk about is it is that awful fight or flight feeling, but when it's chronic, it never goes away. Like it was. Were you training at all? Any type of exercise? Oh yeah. Stuff like, yep. like, like when all this stuff was going on. Yep. I would, uh, that was my saving grace. Just, I was exercise. I was my leanest. I probably even got a little too lean. Um, my appetite was gone, but I was still just training very intensely. That was, that was the, the time I'd get some endorphins and serotonin release and just have that time. So I was really training, for mental and physical health, but still like it was. So diet uh, was jacked. Sleep was jacked. Yeah. But, but you're still training. Still training. Still like, you know what? I, I got to do this. And yeah. that was luckily whatever inside my head was still like, nope, you do this. And crazy enough, I remember because I lived in Ahwatukee and I used to go to the, the Tempe Lifetime. I used to call that all white dookie. Ahwatukee. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember that I said back in the day. And, uh, yeah, cause it was a, like when they lived there, my cousin lived there. It was like a, it was a crazy thriving yeah. suburb that was brand new. They had like the, the first yeah. house, like, well, yeah, cause the they block. needed a Mexican family to move in and Jeremy's oh, family they, was the first ones. Yeah. They're like, Hey, you guys can, can yeah. pass. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I remember entry for my own mental health, something that I really gravitate to. And even to this day, it's, it's interesting because we get those patterns of recognition and during the really stressful time, something that would shut my mind off was I went to Lifetime. I go to the steam room a lot. The steam room was just what that exertion, the sound, there was people talking, listening to music. It was just whatever it was about that environment allowed me to get um, 
some reprieve for my own mind and yeah. my own brain. Because when you have chronic anxiety, have you guys ever had that? I mean, no. I mean, I feel most comfortable when I'm in a room with a bunch of dudes wearing nothing too. So that's kind of sweaty, hot. Yeah. We usually wear pajamas uh, or try and choke each other. <laughs> pajamas, stuff like that. So I, I get it. No. Touche. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. I gotta remember that. I gotta defend that next time before I say that and kind of paint a better picture. <laughs> you keep teeing them off. You're like, right. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That one's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, home run for Brandon. Um, and so, uh, but chronic anxiety, the different situational and a, and a kind of, because uh, I remember we had the first responder conference that Ryan and I worked with and I'll let him jump on the mic in a little bit and kind of explain, because he has a really good background with neurobiology and he actually even understands the science a lot deeper than I do um, at this point is chronic anxiety and situational anxiety. And because I talked to a lot of veterans, we talked to even some, some, um, some, uh, Patients, we work with a lot of private patients too, even first responders, is that, you know, situational anxiety is, is if someone has a trigger from going to the airport because, you know, they, whatever in their life, the, the, the airport. So they're, if, if they have a flight coming up, they're starting to think about it and starting to get anxiety even days before that, that the airplane takes off. And the day of, like, it's just like that fight or flight feeling kicks in and, and, and it's, it's, um, it's very uncomfortable. Well, that so, cortisol is meant... To come in and come out. That's right. Come yeah. in and come out. And if it stays at a high level, uh, that's when it starts to reap. And you're much more than we are. So you'll 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 be able to educate us more on that. But it, when it stays that high, it starts to fuck things up very, very badly. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. And you're right. It's it's when it's short periods of time. And, and we, you know, and uh, we force this with CrossFit. That's how I met Ryan. Like we, we force that uncomfortableness, but it's controlled, Um which is, is good. Those spikes are good for short periods of time. There are a lot of different exercises, a lot of different exertions when you do that. But that's a controlled short spike. Like you will do that. But when it's chronic, oh man, it's like it doesn't go away. And I'm not talking for hours. I mean, it was months for me. Yeah, your brain and your body can't stop it. It, it was. They're not necessarily in control of it. It was about 20 minutes was my threshold when I go. Even the gym. I mean, I just sit there and forcibly just stay uncomfortable. I'm, the The worst part about it is. I think when someone's going through that, you can expect it when you're going to a crowded restaurant or going shopping, you're going to environments, but when you're in your home and you still have it, oh, it was so awful. And it was just, I, I couldn't escape it. <clears throat> and then when I got introduced to the Alpha Stem, I told them they, they talked about the device and what it does. And it's a small little device that they were using at the VA to treat PTSD symptoms for anxiety, insomnia, depression, pain, and it's a little device that they get for veterans and they try it out there in the clinic and then if it works, they can take it back home with them. And so when I contacted the company and I did a treatment for the first time, I got about six hours of sleep that night and I was like, and you give six hours of sleep to someone, it's like giving a starving person a cracker. And I remember for the first time in months when I was doing a treatment, like that internal storm that I had brewing for months, it just calmed it. It just took the edge off. It was just like, oh my gosh. Like it, it was taking that rock out of your shoe in the middle of a run. And it didn't last forever, but it did give me some reprieve for a short period of time. And I was like, whoa. And so I became a believer before I became a rep for it. Um, and I started my own um, distributor. So we have a lot of different product lines. We serve a lot of veterans with a lot of different equipment and whatnot. But this is our number one device that we proudly serve. We have a big passion for it. Um, along the way, I added a, another rep. Her name's Allie. She's a local here. She's not here. She got it from U of A and she had a degree oh, in psychology and <laughs> <laughs> she came along. Um, 
or five years ago and she's been a huge asset and she she she's been uh, my right hand my right hand man as a girl for 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 years and then i'll let ryan kind of um share i, I was at crossfit a few years ago and he had a soccer jersey on and and i played soccer in high school college still a big passion of mine and we just started rapping a little bit and um he i found out he was just there part-time his girlfriend was here for um medical school and he was a, a big time crossfit competitor at the time so i just kind of just kind of <clears throat> learned a little bit and he started telling a little bit about himself and i was looking for someone that uh, it was i was considering bringing someone on you know part-time just as we were expanding a little bit and he kind of laid his background and what his schooling was in and and I was like, you know, and, 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 and one day he was talking after we were doing a few workouts together. And I was like, God, oh, this, this is a good young kid. You know, he was fresh out of high school and uh, I mean, college. And um, and he, he was just looking for something. He's like, hey, man, he's like, I'll just I'll, I'll start anything. And with his background as education and he seemed pretty sharp. I was like, you know, I said, I don't really have anything full time, but I might be able to just create a part time thing with this with this with this alpha stem unit. And I tried talking to him and it was just like right up his alley because his neurobiology degree. And and I think uh you know, is it exercise science? Your your my degree was in neurology, physiology, and behavior, and I yeah. got a minor in exercise phys. <clears throat> yeah. So um, I was like, and, and he's pretty smart with that aspect. So all it, you know, and, and brought Ryan on, and it was just a part time thing, but he did such a good job, and we it was like he became such an asset, came on full time, and then I'll I'll kind of let him share his little bit of a story and how he came about it. And then he can even talk about the device a little bit and, and the treatments and what we've seen. And, and that way he can, you know, share a little bit about he's part of the team and, and, what, and what he's about. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to college, I had an opportunity to play soccer at UC Davis. Didn't end up playing at all because I, I partially tore my hamstring and was just slow ever since. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I was, um, you know, at school, and I thought I wanted to be a doctor. So I was doing the pre-med route, all the physiology, and and all of that turned into a lot of the, the you know, senior-level classes were all reading research papers. It wasn't based on textbooks. So I got really good at reading research and understanding how to pull stuff from that. Um, and when I f first was starting to look in Phoenix area for something in the medical field, um, I was like, I don't want, I don't want to work with pharmaceuticals. I don't believe it. I want to find a product that I really find that it, that it helps people. You know, even some of these um, ortho products, you know, the hardware. It's like, well, I don't know how this is, you know, really helping people. You know, besides, you know, you know, fixing what they are, you know, need and versus, you know, all these other companies. Um, so when I ran into Steve and heard about the AlphaStim, I was really intrigued. So, and, I, and I haven't had anxiety, insomnia, depression. Um, but at the time, I, was, um, I had a shoulder issue. Um, it was like a tendonitis thing. And he did a treatment on the shoulder, um, which this device can also, you know, treat a variety of pain symptoms. Um, it, it decreased the pain a little bit, but my range of motion was a lot better. So I was like, okay, there's something to this. And so this is when, you know, he brought me on and I started reading and, and I got trained on the device. And, and this is by far one of the coolest products to work for because oftentimes we see benefits right away. So a lot of the veterans that we trial with the VA, they see improvements right away. Um, within, you know, 
right after using it, a couple hours after using it, and even that night with the sleep aspect of that. Um, so it was really cool to work with these guys on, you know, and seeing the results for themselves. Like you're actually making a difference. And yeah. Rye, real quick, um, <clears throat> the guys here in the room have the advantage of showing what the device is and the brochures. Just because one of the podcasts, would you explain a little bit and describe what it is and what it does and how it's used? That way, um, when we're talking about it, it's a point of reference to people listening. Yeah, I'm super curious because I'm a little bit familiar with STEM. I'm a PowerDot user, recover injury, okay. re, uh, uh, injury, uh, uh, you know, uh, re recovering from cycling, those types of things. And I'm super curious how that translates into the uh, more of the brain uh, aspects. Yeah, so this... This device, the Alpha Stim, is. Oh, a wait, sorry. We, let me just also not turn up you. I just <laughs> sorry. I, 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 but, but, uh, we <laughs> are we are official product distributors of the Alpha Stim, so we are bound by FDA. We have to follow FDA guidelines and what we do. So we um, just through our conversations and whatnot. There, you may ask some questions or whatnot. We still have to adhere to make sure that we promote it and talk about it in a certain way. So then um, just, just want to share that out there that we, that we are the official distributors in Arizona. So we, we have to follow the certain guidelines too. Sure. How we talk about it. So I just want to, I want to, want to, want to just share that. You can't make a bunch of like, yeah, we like, can't uh, off label. Like outlandish things. Yeah. We have yeah. to stick to um, <laughs> what FDA calls the indications that we're allowed to promote it for anxiety, insomnia, depression, and right. pain and symptoms of that. So just, just, I forgot to share that earlier, but uh, sorry. Apologies, Ryan. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's it. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. Sucks. Next time, tell yeah. me. Shut up. Gosh, so I got the mic. <laughs> so this is a small handheld device. It kind of looks like an old cell phone, basically that size. Um, Check yeah, that thing. Out. Yeah. So and then it has some, it has some ear clip electrodes that basically clip on your earlobes, and those are the little electrodes that send what um, a microcurrent device. So, um, so it's a very, very small amount of current. So when you're talking about like your, your power dot and the stuff that's like actually stimulating the contractions of the muscles, we're talking, you know, anywhere from a hundred to 500 times more current output. Mm -hmm. So it, this is a very small amount of current. So that's why we can actually use it on the brain. And basically the way it works is it delivers a variety of frequencies and it activates certain neuro networks in the brain um, to kind of balance out brain activity. So when I say that, um, you know, things with like anxiety, insomnia, you know, anxiety is that, that rumination, that, that fight or flight response. It's an overactivity in some areas of brain. And that's, I mean, it's very simplified. Um, we need some. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect yeah. for us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that kind of calms that down. And then vice versa for, you know, depression, there's usually you know, different areas of the brain that aren't communicating properly and there's not as much activity as there should be. And again, that's an oversimplification. Um, but this kind of brings that up. So it normalizes brain activity to what they call the alpha state, which is a calm, relaxed, but alert state. Um, and hence why it's called the alpha stim. Um, and so with that, we also see um, pain relief. So some of our research and uh, I won't bore you guys, but please uh, no. I'm, no. Yeah. I, yeah. So yeah. I'm so kind of there's weird, people so. that are going to be interested okay. yeah. in that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's two different devices. If you would just mention the two different devices yeah. and then go a little bit more. Yeah. So what we're talking about right now is the ear clips. So both devices have the ear clip portion, um, but we have two devices 
the aid unit, which treats anxiety, insomnia, depression with the ear clips. And then we also have a pain device that treats anxiety, insomnia, depression, again, um, that has ear clips, but it also has a second attachment, which we call pain probes. And there's um, a variety of different protocols that we can treat anything from migraine to uh, pain with migraine, pain with neuropathy, um, you know, joint pain, um, pain with osteoarthritis, those sort of things. And those probes go where? Um, on the skin. So like, like, where so like joint specific, like muscle group specific, that type or, of thing. Yeah, where the pain is. So what, what we would do with um, an M with the, the probe treatment is it's only two to five minutes long. So it's, it's really short. So you would kind of, you're going to treat the area um, of pain and then you're going to kind of move um, farther away from the pain to kind of treat the entire, you know, um, you know, upper or lower body, um, the nervous system to kind of reset that whole area. And then you're going to follow it up with the ear clip treatment to treat how the brain is processing pain. So we do have research that shows um, with fibromyalgia, so the pain, like That's I said. That's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. Like on yeah. a fire truck, we laugh at it all the time. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying. <laughs> well, and it's it's often you know uh, correlated with a lot of mental health. So there's there's just a there's an issue processing pain or you know how the brain is perceiving that that pain signal, and um, with our research, we we just use the ear clips. Um, we measured pain levels before and after, and they also did the fMRI, which measures brain activity. Um, before and after. And basically what they saw is that certain parts that are associated with processing of pain in the brain were actually deactivated with a single treatment. And they also saw perceived pain levels drop significantly with a 20-minute treatment. So how, how is that actually working? Like, what's the science behind it? Like, is it, if you can talk about, I don't know if sure, it's like absolutely. IP or stuff like that. It's like, hey, this, yeah. this, this comes here, which interrupts this at this level, which does that. No, yeah, we're, we're happy to share. So, I mean, the actual mechanism of action, we have um, a few proposed. So, just you so know, you know, ideas. his wife is a doctor, and he's also a paramagician. So, so that <laughs> means literally nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, <laughs> he's been exposed to a lot more medical stuff than probably uh, me for sure. Gotcha. And so. to give you a little bit of a visual, I know people listening can't, but. This is a, a, a diagram of what we share with people when you're treating some type of peripheral pain. And um, we have some more extensive visuals of that as well when we share with people. But um, as Ryan mentioned, if someone does have peripheral pain, let's say they have the shoulder, knee, whatever it may be, these probes, um, they look like little wands. Um, this is what uh, conducts the, the therapy. And then there's a little pattern like they're in the knee. So then if, if, if someone has right knee pain, we do is we treat that uh, localized area for a few seconds. Um, it's literally there, there are 10 second lines that we put in like three dimensionally going through the pain. Um, we'll get a little bit more um, focal to that. So we'll, we'll hit that area. We'll go to the opposite side, um, even though they don't have left knee pain, because what we're doing is we're prepping the uh, pathways to incorporate the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. And then what we do is at the end, um, and we're just using the knees example is then what we'll do is we'll go distal to the pain on both sides and we'll treat the dermatones and the dermatones are the nerve pathways that communicate with our body such as in uh, to put it more in a layman's terms if someone listening is uh, if you look up dermatones you'll see 
um, a visual of like the same color line will go from like your big toe all the way up your leg through your low back down to your other big toe. These are the nerve pathways that communicate. So if there's mm -hmm. a lot of times people get in, if they complain of neuropathy, which is um, uh, a lot of times pain rating down their leg, and it's a back injury, but they're like, no, I don't have any pain in my back. It's just, it's just shooting down my leg. Right. It, it is radiating pain because those are the nerve fibers. So um, that, to give you a little visual, that's what these are used. And, and as Ryan mentioned, it only takes about two to five minutes to do the pain portion on your body with the probes. And we can treat for migraine pain in the head, TMJ. We get a lot of good results from migraine pain with, with the <laughs> VA we work with. And um, as well as, um, then we followed up with the ear clip treatment always, which is about 20 minutes for the most part. And then just to give you all a visual understanding, then I'll let Ryan continue. Yeah, and so, you know, the ear clips will treat how the brain processes pain, but just like with a computer, if your mouse isn't moving, you know, it could be a mouse problem with the actual mouse itself or, you know, a, a software problem or, you know, to with the actual computer. Um, so this, this way we're treating both parts of that pathway. So we're treating the actual site of pain and the the pathway that that pain travels along, um, and then how your CPU is, or your brain is processing that pain. Um, so we see a lot of good pain relief, um, yeah, with migraines, a lot of guys that have, um, you know, a lot of these younger veterans are coming out with blast injuries and TBI. Um, it seems to really help with, you know, not only mental health, but pain symptoms associated with that as well so that's a pretty good diagram that they yeah. can't see but you might want to talk about that yeah and, and um kind of because that's real layman's terms right there right so when we're talking about the current it's clipped on your earlobes but what then what is it actually doing so it it travels along some of the cranial nerves to the brain stem and then ascends through the brain stem hitting some of the emotional processing regions of the brain so the amygdala um so a lot of your brain stem and some of those lower brains um areas are really what controls like our our unconscious you know our you know our, our thirst you know heat control you know all those things um so it starts there first and then ascends to kind of our cortex um and the the device being electrical it can reach all areas of the brain because 98 percent of our nervous system um communicates electrically only two percent you know communicates with direct chemical to chemical contact. Um, and so this allows us to reach a much larger portion of the nervous system than, you know, pharmaceuticals would. And I mean, it's a lot more complicated than that as well, but um, we just, we're able to treat a lot of these things without the side effects that you would see with with medication. Yeah, is it is it is it releasing does it help release any hormones or anything like that to kind of, you know, um, mitigate the cortisol that's in the system? Like 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 what's it doing? Yeah, so it it it'll hit some of the brain areas that release serotonin. Um, so that's usually um, and this is where you get into the gray area with a lot of this uh, neurobiology and neurochemistry is you know, what leads to what, you know, the chicken or the egg thing, you know, is the serot, you know, is these neurochemicals releasing, you all know, feel good stuff, right? all that, you mm -hmm. know, uh, or is it the electrical part that's then, you know, starting this chemical cascade, you know, that's, you know, so with the alpha stim, 
we're talking about this alpha state, so brain activity. So is that activity leading to the chemical release or is it, you know, vice versa? You don't all really know. Yeah. Um, it's helping who really cares. Right? Yeah, exactly. And and we have over 100 research studies done on this device. And I mean, the the side effects are very minimal. And um, what are they? So th- what we see <coughs> is we have no lasting side effects, which means that what side effects you do have can be taken away with the device. So what we'll see is headache or skin irritation from the electrode sites um, or a heaviness and grogginess. And the, the headache and the heaviness and grogginess can be taken away with the device. Usually people get that initially from not using the device properly. So if you basically, when you're using the device, you'll basically turn up the current until it stimulates the eighth cranial nerve, which is your balance centers in your brain. And if you leave it there, that can cause headache. Um, but if you turn it down to where that feeling kind of goes away, where it's sub-threshold, um, that is like the therapeutic level that we want to have you treat at. And everybody's different. So for firemen and police and military guys, more is not better. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we get that off veterans. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do, it hard, just do it like, harder. Yeah, right. Hardcore. Do the wrong thing harder. Yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah. doing it. And right. To, and to give a... a if one's a, good, five's got to be better. <laughs> right. Totally. And we... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, to give a, we use a lot of um, stories to translate our treatments because we're speaking um, in, in layman's terms to people. We try to give them an understanding. So one of the analogies I'll use is when you're preparing bath water for a child, the way you approach the device is you turn the water up and then when it gets like, oh, a little bit too warm, that threshold right there, you don't leave it there because that would be an uncomfortable bath, but you just raise it so you know where that threshold is and you bring it back down and then that's where your bath water is for the remaining yeah. bath. Same thing with the device. You've met that threshold. Ooh, you don't leave it there, as Ryan mentioned. Let's bring it back down. We just got to. We just have to reach that so we know where it is. So and you're then we not back trying down. to create more anxiety. No. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you build a, a tolerance or a uh, where over time you you're able to uh, your body uh, is able to manage uh, a higher threshold? Yeah. So that's a great question. So. Most devices, when you talk about electrical stimulators, like a TENS unit, that's what happens is your body becomes acclimated to the current and you have to turn it up, 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 up until you probably max out the device. That doesn't happen with this device. So the, the waveform that it outputs has enough variability in the, the, the frequencies that the, the nervous system doesn't really habituate um, to that. Um, so what level that you start with on your first treatment is basically going to be the level that you're going to be at regardless, you know, if it's your, you know, second treatment or 500 treatment. Yeah. So the Which box actually leads me to another question. Like, is there a point where you're like, ah, I'm good. I don't need this thing anymore. Or is it like there's maintenance? You do it once a week, five times a week, whatever. Great yeah. question. Yeah. Um, Cause I can't even remember to take protein powder. So and, and, a, and as a user um, <laughs> for many years, so I used it. And here's what we tell people, of course, defer to your, men, your, your medical provider whenever you're making a decision to change anything in your treatment protocol. So um, the, the device is designed where if you use it correctly, we encourage you to use it daily. And it's about 20 minutes. Can you do uh, it when you're sleeping or do you have to be awake? Or Great question. So um, because Ryan mentioned that alpha state, calm yet relax. So when we talk to people, we're educating them on how to use it is... Um, one of the things we asked, like, is insomnia one of the things we're looking to, to help with? And if insomnia does come up, then 
because of that heightened response of that alpha state, we would let them know, use it several hours before bed because I tested this out when I first got it and it would keep me up longer because that alpha state calm yet relaxed and relaxed and focused. So it didn't help me before I went to bed. So I'd use it during the day and it would help reset those neurotransmitters during the day and I get better sleep at night. Um, so if someone doesn't then have the sleep problems and we let them know, okay, that's okay. Now I use mine and we tell people use it daily because we're building a wall pretty much brick by brick by brick and it's designed to be cumulative so it's very important if you want to get the results and um another story i use is like okay if you're looking to change these patterns over a long period of time because how many years did it take to get to this state of mind is if someone's looking to change their lifestyle with health, a healthier lifestyle by eating better and exercising okay um if today we decided you're working with the buddy, the same thing, and they, they hey, I want to live a better lifestyle. And today, they decided to eat better, and they decided to exercise today. Are they going to feel better for a short period of time? Yeah. Is, is, is the couple healthy meals going to be better for them? Of course it is. Now, is this a lifestyle change for them? Is this going to change their life because they did it one day, these things? No, no, no. We need to create some new patterns. So the same thing with nutrition and exercise, you're not going to see long-term results one day. You'll feel better for that day. But in order to create a healthier body, a healthier mind, and to lose weight or to get more fit, like we need to create new habits for long periods of time. This is no different. We need to create some new internal habits with your, with your brain. So it's designed to be used daily for a long period of time. I, and we tell people, like, it'll take months. And Ryan can dig, go a little bit deeper into some of the research, what the research shows on, on that with some, some really good studies we have. Um, I use mine every single day except for one time I missed for nine months straight. And I was like, I have a goal, and that's to get a better sleep pattern, to feel better, and to get rid of this chronic anxiety. So I, I was very um, driven because I wanted a different mindset and different lifestyle than, than what my brain was giving me at the time. And then at that point, once it is, once you talk to your doctor or whatnot, and they decide, okay, we're going to go to a maintenance phase where you just needed um, a couple times a week. Um, then, um, you can also get to a point where it's more PRM because then at that point, just like with fitness, with healthy eating, nutrition, like if you set a good foundation for a long period of time, then, um, a new pattern is set. And so, um, it was going more for a maintenance phase. And for me, I still use mine. Um, especially I could tell, cause the thing that affects me the most is my sleep when I'm stressed. If I'm stressed, like my sleep, I, I could tell me that it goes to heck. Um, so I still use mine. PRN is needed. I've, I've been using mine now the past few months. Um, I use it almost nightly now just because I know my own body. I know my brain, so I use it. But I use it right before bed. Used it last night, and I I conk out within minutes. And if you fall asleep with it on, it's not that big of a deal. Um, we It is designed to complete a treatment, and we'll kind of go into that where you, you have to complete a treatment as well as that's just to answer your question about yeah, about, yeah. For sure. so yeah, for good now else, yeah. Yeah. one of the other mentioned about side effects so something that we ask before we provide an education session or do any treatment like if one of you gentlemen want to try it today we're happy we have a device we can try it on is 
one of the first things we'll Chris, ask is your taint is hurting. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Chronically, yeah. Chronically. <laughs> <laughs> Chronic taint pain. The, uh, Fire I can, that thing. Ryan, up. Ryan can help with that for the probes. We'll have to measure um, your taint. Good too. thing yeah. I wore scrubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, fucking easy. You're ready. Yeah. yeah. He's got the whole deal on. I got gloves up front too. So <laughs> we, get a, we get a shield, a just, face shield. Just raw dog it. Um, we. Uh, because a lot of people get injured in the line of duty in your work and uh, uh, even regular people, car accidents, uh, military with PTSD with because of they got some type of trauma. If there's that physical trauma along with that mental trauma is a couple things. The contraindications, meaning that uh, the FDA, we can talk about indications, which we're allowed to promote it for anxiety, insomnia, depression and pain. A contraindication is that if we're not allowed to do this treatment on someone by medical standards of the FDA if they are pregnant or if they um, have any type of implantable device that cannot be turned off, like a pacemaker. Yeah, um, internal are, defib, those yeah. types of things. Yeah. There are some, like if you have a spinal cord stimulator, the more modern ones, they have remote controls and batteries. You can pause the treatment of that and then do the treatment to it, so then that's okay. Um, but it's just something that's not constant. So, And, and, it's, then, and because of those things, <laughs> is it just simply because it hasn't been studied yet? Correct. Yeah. Okay. The, the pregnancy, yes. And they, I, in my opinion, they don't want to even toe the line with pacemakers. Because yeah. there's any chance of that, like <laughs> sure, yeah. any, any like, interference, true. that's that's yeah. the last thing you want yeah. to have. That yep. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so we do ask if there's any type of history of head injury, concussion, um, injuries, or uh, TBI. The reason why or vertigo or vertigo yeah. is thank you is a lot of times people could have a hypersensitivity to a lot of different things, sound, um, light, sensations. So then what we'll do at that point is. As Ryan was mentioning that ramp up phase until we get to that, um, the spiking of that eighth cranial nerve to see where that threshold is. It's many times, if someone has a history of head injuries or vertigo, is that that will be met much sooner than someone who does not. So that stimulation is when uh, there's, there's number settings on this device where if one of us, you know, goes to a three and a half, four or whatnot, is they may feel it like at a one. And if we go up too quickly, they'll get overloaded so we just have to be very careful because we don't want that we don't want to overstimulate that we want to stimulate enough where there's a response but not where it's um that uncomfortableness so then that's one thing we do ask uh, so it's, and if, if we spike it up too soon too high right away is that when some could have a, a side effect because then that heaviness or groggy could stay for a period of time. So then we're just aware of that. So, so like 10 so yeah. milligrams versus 20 milligrams. Yeah. It's dosage. It's just like the volume on the speaker. We're just going to like, okay, we're going to go real slow. And then, and i uh, say 70% of the time they don't have a hypersensitivity to it, but there is some times where you or I would feel it about a three or four where it's literally at a half one bar or one. And they're just like, Whoa, like, they, they just feel yeah. so that that's one thing we, we, we do we are aware of. I should ask this sooner but what is the eighth cranial nerve responsible for so the eighth cranial nerve is your sounds very mystical yeah vestibulocochlear <laughs> nerve so it, it controls all your 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 hearing and your balance so within your ear you have your you know your eardrum then then sends pulses to your eighth cranial nerve and then your brain processes those as sound and then it also has a balance center, which basically, you know, measures, you know, you know, your balance. So when you feel like when you have an ear infection and you kind of feel off balance, that's because you have pressure 
put it on that on that center, and it's sending some funky signals back to your brain through that eighth cranial nerve. Okay. Yeah. That's um, why the vertigo thing is yeah. a big deal, right? Yeah. And for anybody listening, if they just want to jump on their computer, why not? We are the official distributors for Arizona, and our distributor website is Sandlot Medical, just like the movie Sandlot uh, Medical. But then Alpha Stem, um, A-L-P-H-A hyphen S-T-I-M dot com is the main corporation that we work with for their site. So they can have resources there. And if anybody has any questions or medical provider or patient, one of your colleagues, anybody, if we're in the state of Arizona, we are here to help. Don't hesitate to reach we'll out. We'll make sure that all yeah. that information gets out okay. at the yeah. end. We'll so, repeat yeah. all that stuff again. Like, like how we, people can get a hold of you yep. personally and yeah. your business stuff and yep. website. Yeah, and we'll, then we'll hit all if, that again. And if you live outside of Arizona, your listeners, you have colleagues, like still reach out to us. We'll You're get fucked. you. We'll get Sorry. you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get you the Good right rock, people. Everyone. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you to one of our colleagues and that manages Texas. Or but they're probably not as good, right? No. They're the Shasta Cola versions. Like minor league. JV. Minor league guys. It's, but it's all right. No, it's all good. So you've been working with the VA, obviously. What other types of physicians and treatment uh, are you seeing using this and and for whom? Go ahead, Ryan. And then yeah. also uh, touch base on some of the other treatments that they use in uh, adjunctively with it. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the VA is our, our, our main focus, but um, just because that's this device is covered through the VA, but this device isn't covered by private insurance carriers currently. Yeah, um, yeah. And so we mostly work with, um, you know, people that mostly do mental health. So that'd be professional counselors, psychologists, um, psychiatrists, um, concierge medicine when they're doing cash, um, and those sort of integrative clinics. Um, because most of the time people want to trial this device before making a, a purchase. Yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of like primary care, you know, pain clinics that, you know, only see patients for five, 10 minutes, they don't have the opportunity to try all these things out. Well, and they don't want to not stop selling the drugs. So why would they throw yeah. that out there? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so we mostly do mental health. Um, so this um, device can be paired with a lot of other things because it is a, a microcurrent. It, it, it affects the body a little differently. So you can still use medication with it. Um, we have psychiatrists that will pair the two. Um, we'll also have, we have a, a neuropsychologist that, um, pairs this with neurofeedback. So she'll use this to prime the brain to get it into the alpha state and then reinforce that alpha state with the neurofeedback. So neurofeedback is basically, it's operant conditioning. So it reinforces the proper brain state with, um, a computer game essentially, or sound or, you know, um, there's different types of neurofeedback, but, um, that way, they actually get a longer uh, single effect from the alpha stem. Yeah. Um, so, um, but also we have a psychiatrist that'll pair this with TMS. So, TMS is for treatment-resistant depression. Um, and what happens is about halfway through TMS, people start getting more energy because their depression is getting a little better. Um, so they'll have trouble sleeping and they'll have some anxiety issues. So then that's when they'll they'll implement this in addition to the TMS. So that's really where we see it on, more on the, the private side. Um, we just did a, a first responder conference in Mesa. Um, so we are starting to start work with... Uh, yeah, just the sleep side, would I think, for first yeah, responders would be big. Yeah, you know, sleep and pain, you know. Yeah, uh, I was curious about if you see this going more of an occupational medicine, occupational health route in general, whether it's us or, 
or you know any other folks in, I guess in a similar line of work that would would I could would probably see benefit from this uh, absolutely especially since I know coming off shift those times where you're wired but exhausted um, I don't know what that's like yeah well yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like I remember listening to um uh, you identified him as Mike, the law enforcement officer. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of your podcasts, uh, listen to that, when he talked about how stimulated he was when he came back from his, uh, you know, his calls yeah. and, and how it was. It took him hours to shut it off to be able to then go to sleep. It, it's like my years as a firefighter is like when I was just like, you just want to get some sleep, but then you're, you're, your body is going through so many different stimulations. Like getting sleep was just really tough to just – Go to sleep and just try to rest. Not it's when you're like, simple minded as me. You just go to <laughs> fucking bed. I can see fucking ten heads on the street and come back, be, be asleep thirty yeah. seconds later. Yeah, <laughs> that's my superpower. I can sleep um, yeah. whenever, Th- whenever I want to. Those of us out that superpower, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. the normal people, um, <laughs> the smart people. That's where it's because you got to think, especially if you're. Uh, I think what are you all twenty four forty eight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 48. wow. I mean, if you're having trouble sleeping on the, the forty eight, because by the time you get off shift in the morning. You, who knows what you got going on? You didn't sleep the night before. You're trying to get sleep. You can't, I mean, you're, you're, well, your body is just, the they wiring's They studies up. that yeah. show we don't get into our good REM until the second night. Yeah. So, yeah. so a lot of times if if we get our shift, we've been up all night, come home, even if you don't have a second job, um, and you go to sleep, that first night of sleep, even if you think it's a solid night of sleep, Studies have shown it's not. You're not in in a proper REM. So then, say you're busy, you have kids, whatever the hell's going on, and you do that again the second night that you're off. When you're coming back to shift, um, you know, for that next day, you're not recovered at all. So then you get smashed again, and you repeat that cycle over and over and over over again. Those guys, I I have a lot of buddies that have had chronic sleeping issues for a long time, and they're just at busy stations or whatever else. It's just Mm -hmm. man, it's brutal because you'll see those guys leave a busy truck and go to a slower truck and they'll drop 10 pounds like two weeks. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. And I, and I mean, that's, that's when we're, you know, as we're having these preliminary talks with some of these departments is that's when we would implement it is after shift. Yeah. So sure. coming off shift, that's when, you know, they could use it either, you know, at the station or, you know, at home um, and to kind of help them just kind of come down. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so and so for occupationally, and, and there's other occupations too. Uh, there was there was a study with um, the medical staff at psychiatric ward mm-hmm. using it, um, how it benefits them because those are also you know I, I Ryan tells me his uh, his his girlfriend just started her residency in, in San Diego and what her work schedule is like. It's like yeah, they're oh back to crazy hours God. because I know they they capped it for a while, right? Like they couldn't do. Well, they they all have caps. The the different specialties have caps. Have um, caps. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 quite honestly, some adhere, some don't. Uh, there's consequences to not adhering, but it's, it doesn't Someone go recognized many yeah. very often. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, you know, um, the the different the stresses that a lot of us have in different occupations. You know, Jeremy, who all uh. I'll, I'll let him jump on and kind of share the way he used it and, and how in his occupation as an actor, just the different stresses, you know, and then as a, as a father with a, a young child, he, you know, he had those sleepless nights on top of the stress, um, the sleep patterns. So there's, so occupationally that, you know, that's why we're, you know, here also to share, to try to see what we can do to help those colleagues that I, 
used to be part of that brethren, um, and I have an understanding and and you know the, how does that affect the home life? Because you you're so exhausted, you're stressed. Um, how does that affect your home life? You know we have um, the the fortunate thing too is is it's pretty cool because we will we'll, we'll hear the we'll run into the 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 wives or the veterans sometime after they've implemented a while and they'll you know and this one she's just like they never knew which you know the kids were already wired to say hey which which dad is going to be here today because they didn't know which which yeah which side of him was coming out on manny faces like which head is coming coming out yeah and um you know they'd be on edge all you know they'd be on edge until they found out which which way they needed to operate in the day to to yeah know how to treat them because because that could be the happy dad or yeah you know the dad or, 10 beers that's all pissed off and yep. grumpy and angry stuff like that so, and so yeah. i remember you know some of those miracle stories of people just saying you know he started using this device he's started going to ball games he he's so much friendlier he's sleeping now so i mean when you're sleep deprived i remember like it was it wrecks your world because then everything else magnifies those um those other symptoms, if you have additional stressors, especially if you have depression, you have anxiety, like they magnify on top of that when you're not getting sleep. And that's why for me, once I got a little bit of help with sleep and, and then we get people trying it and if they, especially they tried in clinic, if they tried it at their LPCs, they tried their psychiatrist, the psychologist at the VA, a lot of times they want to try it. Like if they're sleep deprived, we let them know, don't be surprised if they just want to take a nap like right now. Cause that is very common. Cause they're right. so deprived. They're just like, and they'll get a common feedback like, I, I feel like, like I just smoked like a joint or drink a couple glasses of wine. Like I'm feeling like super calm and chill. And it's like, yeah. And they'll just, or they'll, they'll kind of say, oh my God, my husband went home last night and took a nap for the first time in 10 years uh, yeah. last night. I can't believe this. And, and when can we get our device? Cause they'll do the trials and they'll let us know. And, and, and now the VA, um, the, the mental health clinics and the other doctors are able to order it for veterans. And we do all the training and follow up. But a lot of times, if they just tried it out and then they're like, how do I get one? I need to get one. How do I ask my doctor or the doctors will partner with them and they'll buy some with from us and then they'll, they'll provide it to their clinic, however they choose. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's different ways, but as to me, it almost sounds like God, I'm drawing a blank on what the hell it is. The counselors use, they use like a metronome sometimes to EMDR. Yeah. EMDR. Yeah. So, so it sounds like that, but next level. Yeah. So with, um, we actually have uh, uh, some counselors that will pair it with EMDR. Yeah, that would make sense because it almost seems like a precursor. Like, hey, let's let's dial this in so you right. can fix a bunch of other shit that's going on yeah. like in your life. Because if the sleep's jacked, it's going to be hard to kind of get anything else. Right, and and with the anxiety. So what it with the alpha state? Basically, you know, you have this this rumination. You're kind of stuck in your own head. The alpha state will let you be more aware of your external. You know, have a better conversation with your counselor. You know, and, and we've and what we've seen is counselors actually can do more in in less sessions when gotcha. when pairing it with the alpha stim because it kind of brings them into the now rather than worrying about whatever is going on up in their head. Because like EMDR, I think the the basis or the 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 idea behind that is they're using that to create different connections through the brain to get rid of the trauma, right? And yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Should have had Heidi in here, but uh, but because Heidi actually specializes in that, and, right? And I know she uses that stuff. So this maybe in conjunction with that would even be I don't know. If there's been any studies on that, yeah. Um, to to see the benefits of it, yeah. So and the, yeah. on the occupational side, you mentioned it's like now with that officer Mike, 
or one of your colleagues or you all like it's you know okay there's an option to take pain med i mean uh, sleeping med or i can turn to something that has the research shows it works and i don't have the chemical side effects or i'm not putting other things in my body and i have something uh, the, the great thing about this and like some of the other tools that the doctors use at their clinic like you have to go to the clinic you have to drive this is something like i can take with me i have it on my bedside like you can use it situationally where if you have um a trigger that comes up uh, i'm pretty familiar with those i still i still have them um when you have a trigger that that comes up and it could be something that's forced like you're going to somewhere from your childhood um that you're going to go visit a place or a certain place and you're like Ugh. or it could be something that's accidental life but if still your, your body can respond to some way it's like you have something that you can turn to that'll that'll, that'll help so you know, the firefighter that could be the sounds or, you know, if you're coming off shift as a, of an officer, super stressful or some people respond to them differently. You know, I remember when I was in the department, the certain calls we had, I was very fortunate enough. Like, like you mentioned, like uh, when you're certain party, like, Oh, you can go to these calls, see all this. And you're just like, oh, let's go back and eat. And just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you just, you're able to, to separate it. You're able to separate like it's not. And that's one thing they thought it's not my emergency. Um, we, 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 go to those calls and, and I was fortunate enough for, um, it wouldn't really affect me as much, but we went to a call with, um, one of our captains and it was a, uh, a six week old baby that coded cause the mother had it in bed and smothered it. And we got there and he was shook up cause he had a newborn. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he, he, a side of him came out that he was affected by because we, we got there and the baby was already lifeless and we did whatever we could. Um, but it's like, he and he he was a veteran too, and, and and he was an officer in the military and still in the guard, and but nothing ever shook him until that moment. Yeah, and I mean, you may never know. We never know what's just well, what's that's gonna a crazy, happen. Crazy, crazy thing with PTSD is you don't know when it's gonna hit. You don't. You. Just when that cup gets yeah. too full, then it just overflows. That's it. Right. right there. And, right. and and with our you know with the job in the fire service or mil or police is like you don't know what that next call is, so you you, yeah. you don't know when it's gonna happen. So as occupational side is being able to have a tool that can help regulate, but it's also as comfortable as you're like, I'm not taking a med. I can do it in the privacy of my home. You can take it with you. Um, you can need it as needed. That, that's yeah, anything that's valuable. not drug-induced mm -hmm. is like always so much better. Because when you see guys that self-medicate with booze or whatever, edibles or whatever it it may be to help them get through that stuff, anything that could be. And that's like, you know, it sounds like it's a, it's a short amount of time. You're 20 minutes on the thing. It's not like it's a huge commitment if it is right there and stuff right. like that. So. Um, and we do, you know, we buy, what do we buy or what do we get? Do we get grounding mats or some shit like that? I don't know <laughs> what they yeah, are. Yeah, we got grounding mats to help center us. And like, when we opened it up and it was connected to nothing, we're like, what are these things? Uh. And some stuff like that. So this is, you know, something that actually could be a lot more beneficial than, 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 uh, than, than currently what's out there for us. Yeah. So. And I can, if you don't mind, I can have Jeremy because he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he had a different occupation. He had a different occupation with. Right. Something that's not service related, and I can have him share. Oh, here, but you can. Okay, go ahead. And um, that way he can give you his perspective. Because he, Jeremy, when I first started working with um, Albus many years ago, um, I mean, he had a device. I think it's 
probably since right away. So I think he started using it. So it's been over six years he's been using his device. Well, I can see how stressful we have women chasing you and like all this stuff all <laughs> the place. And, yeah. and still looking like a 20-year-old yeah, model. Your actor. I, I, I can just see. You know, everybody has their own struggle. I'm just fucking around. Right. No, no, <laughs> I, I get it. Um, you know, I'm going to get personal here with you guys, and I can't speak, you know, like scientifically the way Ryan can or, you know, as educated about the Alpha Stim as, as Garcia is. But um, I started having panic and anxiety as a child, as early as um, 12 years old, 11 years old, I'd have panic attacks. I didn't know what they were. My parents and everybody else just said I was nervous and and uh, I was a hypochondriac because I always thought I was sick or dying and I didn't find out what it was until I was in my um, mid-20s. But that, in my entire growing up phase, that, that had such a huge impact in my life. I was always in that fight or flight zone always um and then in junior high i discovered this awesome stuff called alcohol and uh, <laughs> and it it killed my social anxiety and it enabled me to do things uh in and talk to people and not be freaking out even though i sometimes still have this crazy voice in my head just going ah and um and it, it affected every it affected everything like brandon and i wrestled together and um, before, like, I would be great in a practice room, but before a big match or before any match, I would have so much anxiety. The second I'd step onto the match, my head was so filled with adrenaline and anxiety that I wouldn't be able to perform at all. And, um, and then I went to college, and I just drank and drank and drank, and that enabled me to, A, pick up chicks, which I suddenly <laughs> became really good at. And um, Awesome. Right, awesome, loved it, great. And... And make friends, and um, and then I decided after college that I wanted to be a musician and an actor. I stayed, started playing music when I was really young, and all these things you have to do in front of people and you have to perform. Well, I got to Hollywood in the, at the end of '99, and just really lucked out by a series of interesting circumstances and started working right away, and started uh, doing commercials and TV shows, and. Um, holy shit, yeah, all of a sudden I was in front of huge celebrities that you see on TV or big producers and actors in these meetings in these rooms, and I was so filled with anxiety. Uh, you know, I remember um, my first TV show that I was on, and right before they said action, like, my head was spinning, and I fought my way through it, and it was agonizing. And dealing with social anxiety and, and performance anxiety has just been agonizing my whole life. And um, I really leaned on alcohol. And then I discovered these other awesome things called pills. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, these rule. Like, I don't have to just get drunk. I can have a, have a shot and then take a Klonopin or a Xanax or, you know, whatever... Um, Something like that. Like a legitimate benzodiazepine, dude. Yeah. Benzodiazepine. <laughs> now it's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Like a so, legitimate Hollywood star. Exactly. And, and believe it or not, a lot of those stories that you hear, how people get, you know, um, like Heath Ledger and all these guys, you know, actors and performers and, and artists are, you know, we're emotionally driven and I'm incredibly emotionally driven. So we're, uh, I'm also extreme, I'm like an extreme empath. So I'm, I'm, I take on everybody else's cares, worries, and fears. Uh, as long as my own, as, as well as my own, and it becomes overwhelming, and so all of a sudden I had benzos and I had 
Xanax and Klonopin and, and all these other wonderful things. And man, they, they enabled me to perform <clears throat> at a level I had never been able to perform at. Um, and I became fearless. And, um, and it enabled my career to move forward. And then uh, that's a crazy cycle, dude. Cause you're like doing this, getting good results from it, making exactly. more money, like like you know, becoming better at my craft. And now I need more drugs. A hundred percent. Whoa. And then I had a doctor that thought it would be a good idea to introduce me to what are called SSRIs, like Effexor, Zoloft. And then so I started. I tried all those until I found this other awesome thing called Effexor, which um. You know, it, it kind of made me numb. Uh, it had side effects, though. It um, it had uh, you know a sexual side effect where you can't uh, you can't finish, gotcha. which is crazy. And then I gained weight from it, and then but it had this awesome side effect called mania that I discovered, which is great. A manic state. All of a sudden, you not only you, you are Superman and you can do anything. And I got. I mixed all these things together. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, I ended up in, uh, in the hospital. Well, I woke up in the hospital after like a month-long binge, and my mom was there. My mom doesn't even – I'm getting real personal with you guys, and this is going to get out there, and I don't really care because I, I tell the story to a lot of people. But I woke up in the hospital after a month-long binge, and my mom was there. She doesn't even live in California. She lives in New Mexico. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and the doctor's like, why did you try and kill yourself? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you mixed, we found a bottle of vodka, um, this, these Effexor pills, and um, Ambien, and um, Clonopin, all in your, you know, in your bedroom. You're like, that's like, Friday night, dude. He's like, why did you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, call it good Friday like, night. Well, and in my response, he's like, why did you mix all those pills with alcohol? And I said, because I didn't have any orange juice. <laughs> and he was like, and he's like, dude, you're doing the wrong thing. He's like, you're lucky you woke up from this. And yeah, that's how a lot of people die in Hollywood, right? Exactly. They just take shit all these things. things. Yeah. And when you read about this, and it's people, and I have a lot of friends that are entertainers. I've been very fortunate to to not only be an actor, but a musician. And, you know, I've been on tour with, like, ZZ Top, the Black Crows, uh, did two summers with Leonard Skinner, you know, do these crazy things, play for thousands of people, and chicks dig guys with guitars, and so that's why I did that. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so, and I used alcohol on this, these medications to get me on stage, and then so after I ended up in the hospital, my mom locked me in a hotel room and I went cold turkey on all that, which you are not supposed to do. Yeah. And I went through about a month of oh, like the worst withdrawals and everything you can ever imagine. And, uh, and I decided I was going to quit everything. And all of a sudden your safety net is taken away. And you have to, and I started leaning on things like breathing and EMDR and um, therapy and things like that. And then Garcia introduced me to this and, and uh, to the alpha stem and I started using it and it does, it helps. It really helps. It, uh, I, I can use it in um, like I do, I can use it to instantly for me, it instantly kills a panic attack. If I'm having a panic attack, I can, I can put it on, 
ramp it up to that level where the world starts rocking and rolling, where it hits that that eighth cranial nerve and everything starts going side to side, and then you bring it down. Well, for me, I can put it I can put it on that level, and in about two minutes, the panic attack will be gone, or one minute. Um, or I use it for generalized anxiety. You know, I just moved here from LA, and this is a huge move with my family. We just went into escrow on a house day before yesterday. So for the past three days, I've had it on me. <laughs> like, I'll put it on, and I'll, and I'll walk around the house, do chores or whatever it is, getting my son ready for school in the morning, and I'll have it on. And you don't even notice that you have it on. So you'd like throw it in your pocket. And yeah, walk. it has a Almost lanyard like too. Old school Walkman. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it has a lanyard. It's smaller. And yeah. you can just hang it around your neck or you can put it in your pocket. And and uh, what I do is I tuck the wires and run the ear clips up through my shirt so it doesn't get snagged on things, because it will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, get snagged on this. Um, and, it, and it does help. And um, so I, you know, I use it in conjunction, well, in, in my life that way and and it does it, it and Steve was talking about a cumulative effect and you can tell like when you, I first started using it like okay I'd use it for a session and I'd feel calm and good for about an hour and then the more I used it the more hours like I would feel better yeah. and it doesn't feel like like I want to be clear that it for me this is my these are my experiences I'm not a medical professional but like it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're drinking alcohol it doesn't feel like you're taking pills so if you're hooking it up to yourself and be like, okay, dude, I'm going to feel like I just smoked a joint or took a bong ripper or slammed a beer. I don't know how any of those things feel. Yeah. So you only have I've to. I've heard <laughs> from a friend. <laughs> and, and so uh, it doesn't feel like that for me. It doesn't. It makes, it just stops like the overthinking. It makes my brain just feel like, um, I don't know how else to it's put it besides chills you the fuck out from what normal. Like, right? Yeah, like I don't have that chatter in my brain. Yeah. Like, uh. you find that your brain's more resilient to fighting those things off uh, after you use it for a while. Most definitely, most definitely. But I still have my tough moments. Yeah, you right. know, I still have my hard moments. I I had to go last week. I had to go to San Francisco to go work on a movie, and I forgot it in my it, at home, oh. and I Overnight forgot that motherfucker. Right and. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit. So I relied on, I, I've been doing something called Wim Hof breathing mm-hmm. for quite a while. And that makes me feel, for me, Wim Hof breathing and the, and the effects I get for that is, is, is better than a beer or a shot. Um, and then I used like uh, block breathing to help calm me down, to get me on set and to get me. And once I'm there, I'm okay. It's just like the, the ramp up, you know, waiting the the before you perform I know Brandon you still you still compete and so you know that the competition anxiety but once normal people or a lot of people like yourself once you're in in the competition phase you're that's your zone and you lock in and, yeah. and those things go away um, but you know I, so I went in up to San Francisco and and was able to utilize breathing techniques to get me to get me through some of my anxiety but um I, I love the, the Alpha Stem, man, and I do a ton of mountain biking. Like, I'm a mountain biking fanatic. I've been boxing for 20-something years, and I have injuries. And the M unit, when I've had injuries, Steve's hooked, you know, used it on me with the probes. And I'm like, oh, my God. I play a lot of racquetball, and I tore the, the tendon that goes from, you know, to the inside of your elbow. And he used it on that, and for the first time in, like, nine months, I was like, oh, 
I can move it and I don't have pain. <laughs> so that that's just my story, guys, with the with the unit and and um, I love it. It's also it also helps me with my with my sleep. I'm curious too, because like I when I'm competing or still competing, or whatever, like I love every part of it. Like I don't like I the obviously I get nervous stuff like that, but like I that's a good feeling for me. Like that's that almost makes you feel like yeah I'm fucking here now like this is like mm-hmm. this is it like and and I started competing again last September and had been 20 years since you know wrestling in college or whatever and I'm like this is what I've been missing like for sure but I just wonder even for me like I'm not experiencing the things that you guys have to experience thank God um, if it would almost lead to a little more focus before some of those events and stuff like that. So, for for me, it does. Yeah, for sure. I can focus on. I mean, I have well, to. I have to memorize. Well, athletically, I'm not. I haven't used it before an athletic competition, but right. for performance, like the amount of material that I have to memorize. Yeah, yeah. And so I've been on a show for three and a half years called The Bold and Beautiful, and we have tons of dialogue we have to memorize every day, and it enables dramatic dialogue too. Yeah, <laughs> crazy <laughs> shit. But um, he's a cop. He's a detective yeah. on oh, the show. Oh, yeah, oh, shit. So I may not be a first responder or a military guy, but I have definitely played all those things. And, yeah. a, do- <laughs> and a doctor and yeah. a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but it does enable me to lock in and remember all that shit because when you're flooded with anxiety, that's one of the first things to go is you know your ability to remember and memorize. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. No, yeah, it, 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 if, and you guys don't have to say, to tell the price for it, but, but if someone's going to walk off the street and, like, wanted to buy one, what do they run? Tens of thousands? No, no, mm-hmm. not at all. Um, and they're not covered by private insurance yet, Let me, and then I'll have Ryan kind of touch base a little bit, is that... Thanks, Jeremy. The, the, Thanks, dude. The, the Phoenix VA, because there's a federal VA contract, <laughs> veterans have access to it. So, and, and I'm not going to say free, it's at no cost, no out-of-pocket cost to them covering their benefits. Through the VA, if they have, if they're considered disabled veteran and their doctor approves it, that's up to the VA. But so then that's that. But in the private sector, um, there's different ways. Insurance doesn't cover yet. But last year, beginning of last year, Medicare did get a code for it, which is a huge step forward. Meaning we're gonna have yeah, a code like, for what it. What does that mean? Yeah. We're gonna recognize it. We're <laughs> okay, gonna right? recognize it. It doesn't mean they're covering it yet, but we're gonna just recognize it as this is the first step to saying, all right, now it's on our radar. <laughs> So they created a, a, a preliminary code for it. And then, um, of course, COVID slowed a lot of things down. The world just changed it. So we're hoping that that gets a little bit more on track with progression um, for the aid unit, the one that treats the anxiety, insomnia, depression. That's what it stands for. Um, so um, people can purchase it either out of pocket with the script or they can use their um, flex spending account, health spending account. Yeah. And then um, there's a couple different devices um, and then, Ryan, if you want to touch base on, 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 on the price and how that works. and, and it, re- also, it requires a prescription. It does yes. require okay. a prescription. Okay, so you just That's can't important. go off the street and buy it. Right. right. No, but, they're but, not on Amazon. What the? F- yeah. No, but anybody, so a, a licensed professional counselor can write for this. So it's not like a medication where only an MD can write for it. So it, it has a little more um, array when it comes to that. But it is a prescription device. The aid unit. If you're looking on our website, is seven ninety five. That's not crazy expensive so, at all, man. Um, and we do have financing options. Yeah. I mean, on the there. podcast is making so much money; we can probably just buy a quarter of one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can we yeah. play? Do you mind if we pay in quarters? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. So, and then the M unit, because it has some additional features, is eleven ninety five. Yeah, so that's not crazy yeah. expensive. Yeah, no, there's a um, thirty day money back guarantee minus ten percent. 
So if they do decide to get one, then if they try it out for a month, if it doesn't work, then they'll get 90% of the money back. So then there's also, uh, you know, PayPal options and whatnot. But if they have a flex spending account, it's nice. And we, we come into that or help spend, yeah, I mean, which is good. Like, uh, what the hell is the massage guns? Like the oh, Theraguns? Yeah, yeah, the Theraguns. Yeah. Those are 500 bucks. So it's like, you yeah. Know, yeah. Then that's, yeah. And yeah. then we're... After the first responder conference, Ali had met with, uh, was it, I think, Mesa? Mesa Fire. Mesa Fire. Yeah. So they're, um, what their idea was, and it's, it hasn't come to fruition yet. This just like, I think, week before last, is that they thought it was a good idea where instead of buying a bunch for everybody, it's like, okay, we're going to have so many here. Check them out. And then them. once we check them out for a certain period of time. Well, it's um, firemen. They'll take them home, break yeah. them, and their kids will be wearing them around <laughs> and shit like that. And crazy <laughs> enough, they have a five-year <laughs> warranty on the device itself, which is pretty crazy. And then... Um, even having access to it for a short period of time, let's say someone does have some things they're struggling with, they want to normalize or they want to have a treatment option. Um, would you um, talk about the NS study? Uh, yeah. But just well that, even the short period of time where there's some research that backs up even. Yeah. Before we get there, I got a question I should ask sooner as yep. well. Like, I think everybody with COVID and everything else is familiar with how, you know, drug trials go and how long they take and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the FDA stamping this and the FDA stamping a pill? Yeah. So the, the number of amateur scientists. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, is right. not a comment from Ryan or I, yeah. by the way. Just yeah. Yeah. Right. That, 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 was, that wasn't just, that wasn't from representation yeah. of Alpha Sigma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for the FDA, so prescription pharmaceuticals are FDA approved. This is FDA cleared. The reason why that's different is uh, prescription um, pharmaceutical um, has to be not only non-harmful to the patient, but has to show that it's effectively helping what they're trying to help. With any device, all they have to do is prove that it's non-harmful to the patient. So, that's the difference between devices and pharmaceuticals. Um, How is it proved? Is it over months? Does does it cost five hundred thousand dollars to get this thing through? Like, how like how extensive is that? So going through the FDA is quite the process. Um, it can vary depending on the type of device and how much money you pay people. Yeah, no, and how much the <laughs> FDA likes you. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's a big thing. You know, being an alternative. To pharmaceuticals, this has taken a little longer than maybe other devices <coughs> would have been. Right. Because you're treating the brain. Yeah. yeah it's a little they, bit different yeah. than yeah. knee pain. Plus, it's new and they don't know it, so they're probably going to do a little more. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, We're talking about government workers. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, this is not, <laughs> some of these comments are not from Ryan and I. <laughs> Every single one has been from Garcia yeah. and Ryan. No, kidding. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Um, also our studies, you know, being a smaller company, we don't sponsor our own studies. So everything's done independently. So, um, which means that it's we don't a good thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so, but the drawback with that is our, our number of subjects that are in a study are a lot smaller than you would see in a pharmaceutical study that has thousands where, yeah. I mean, most of ours range from 20 to 150 people. They're making millions on tax sometimes, so they have a little yeah. bit more yeah. spending. Yeah, they have a lot more lobbyists than yeah. we do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jeremy's your only lobbyist. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but to go back to um, the cumulative effects that we were talking about earlier. So the a single treatment can last anywhere from four to 48 hours. Um, 
but it's cumulative. So um, we have research that after a, a series of using it daily for 12 weeks, um, that anxiety, insomnia, depression all improved significantly and then stayed stable for the most part, the, especially the anxiety and the insomnia. Depression is a little more complicated. It's a little harder to treat. So we didn't see as stable um, as the other two. But basically, they measured three months after stopping using the device. And they basically saw that ba both the anxiety and the insomnia w were at that same point that when they stopped. So there gotcha. was no slide back um, with symptoms that you would see with, you know, like, you know, serotonin rebound with some of the SSRIs and things like that. Awesome. And that is for also it's habitual use. I mean, it's designed to be used daily. So yeah. It's not something just like, oh, I'm going to try it here. And then, then those studies are, you know, those 12 weeks, of, they're using it daily. Yeah, and just like anything, yeah. working out, nutrition, yeah. also. Exactly. You know, what, what can you do? And too, those so are sim like simplistic analogies that we like to share because then it paints a picture like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. all right. Time. You know, it's, it's not just a vitamin to vitamin. You do it once and sweet. I'll do it again yeah. in a few yeah. weeks and I should be, how come I'm not getting cured? Yeah. Like, right. Eh, you got you to gotta take responsibility. And that's where. Well, like I tell everybody, like, you didn't get fat overnight. Like, it right. took, you know, four, five, six years to put on that 50 pounds. But you mm -hmm. can reverse it pretty quickly, yeah. you know, in, like, a tenth of the time. And even with mobility and level of flexibility and stuff like that, like, you didn't, like, at, at 20 years old, when you stopped being an athlete or, or, or whatever, mm -hmm. and you were limber and mobile and strong and flexible and everything else, and then you sat in front of a freaking computer for 15 years. It took 15 years for you to, like, start to develop back pain and this and that. And like... It takes a long time to reverse that shit. It's not like going to happen overnight. I think people, right. people have this tendency to be like, oh well, no, I'm old. I'm like, no, you're not fucking old. You haven't done anything for 15 yeah. years. Like, you, like you forgot all that shit that 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 you, that, you, that you used to do and all that maintenance that, that you used to do as an athlete, whether it be you know stretching or with a trainer or you know speed and agility or strength training or whatever. Like all that shit you did to supplement your sport. Like now this is this. It sounds like your guys' device is more to supplement your life yeah right i so. mean and and that's the thing is when you when you talk about um the devices it, it's not a miracle cure it's you know it doesn't work for everybody just like anything right um but um yeah if consistency you know we see 80 to 90 percent of people get you know significant improvement yeah so and and for those who <clears throat> are struggling they have that that mind field going on in their brain, that chaos. And, and if you're listening and, and, and they're struggling through that, like they, they know what I'm talking about. So when I talk to patients, I can resonate like, Hey, I've lived that. I've been there. It's what I try to tell them. So they're not, we don't oversell it either. We're very low. It's like, here's what you'll, here's what experience. Like what it does is like when it thinks it's just so much of a challenge, we're going to take the dog to the park is like, it's a huge ordeal. It's like, this is something that is a huge. I got to pick up shit afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the sunshine go with the car, and you got this. But you pick up poop. Um, <laughs> just to take the edge off, to take the edge off. So then, <clears throat> it's those situations that you think are of such magnitude that you just say, "Screw it, I'm not going to eat the elephant because it's going to take too long." It's like it just makes it a little bit more realistic because when you take that edge off it's like okay like because then once you get to the dog once you get the dog walking 
then you're outside getting some movement. You're getting some sunshine. You're getting some exercise. You're getting some fresh air. Like if you're depressed and you're just like going to the store could be a big thing or just something to take the edge off. Or then when you're so sleep deprived that you want to just take the edge off to just, okay, I can sleep a few hours now. I can just take a nap. Um, or when your anxiety that, that <coughs> nonstop roller coaster in your head is just like, oh my gosh. And then you take, have something that just like, it calms that where you're like, okay, it just gives a little reprieve. Like that's what I tell them to expect. And then just so then you take the edge off enough so then you can just give your mind a break and then just be able to accomplish some of the baby steps. Yeah. And and, and that's that's what I put the level of expectation at, you know, I, initially. I think baby steps is kind of a good thing to do. Like I know like the more that I'm on this earth and, you know, I live and longer like – the people that I that are in my circle and that I associate with, we fucking were not normal. I get it. Like we like to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations often, if not every day. Um, so there, and as I as I as I got back into competing, and there's people that have never competed before that I've been around. I'm like holy shit! Like I've always competed at at somewhat of a higher level, but to see the normal person go through the stuff that you're talking about, even just when it comes to competing, it's like holy cow, man! This is like it. It's almost like you want to help them, but you can't help them because they, because everyone has their own journey. And, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes people can actually continue to compete or, or challenge themselves or put themselves in uncomfortable spots over and over and over again. So it gets easier, but some that some, sometimes that never works for people mm -hmm. or they have other extenuating circumstances like, a, like a home life or, or a stressful job or stuff like that. That just kind of what you guys are talking about, like never letting them get to that flow state or that chill state and just kind of be normal. So I like I see this as a tool, and I'd like to try it. And uh, and I have a couple of buddies that, that that are having some legitimate, you know, uh, issues <coughs> with with stuff on the job. I think that it would be helpful for them too. But I think it's it, it's a tool. It's a, it's just another tool to help you get better, become better, get back to a normal state, stuff like that. So so I don't see it kind of like what you guys are saying. Like I don't want people to think like it's going to be this end all cure all stuff like that. Like it's it's going to help most, but it's not going to help everybody. But it sounds like, hey, it's fucking worth it. Give it a shot. Like, give it a try. It's one of those things where it's like, what, what's the downside? My ears feel a little fucked up because my skin got irritated and I got a little bit of a headache because I turned it too high. It's like, like the side effects seem super minimal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it might not be the right option, but someone just wants a pill. They take the pill and like, there's that, but it does have side effects. But I mean, you'd have to wear it. Like Jim mentioned, like when he uses it, it's like, and... You can walk around. You can do things with it. We don't recommend you drive with it because of that eighth cranial nerve uh, spike. We don't. We don't want any of that. But yeah. except operating machinery or driving, you can walk around and use it. You can use it on if you're on light duty. You can use it at your house doing things. You can do it during movement. Like it's it's great. You can use it on an airplane. That's a tough thing. Um, and and so for the individuals who are looking to incorporate something that doesn't involve a med or they can't because their health requires they're not allowed to their liver might not be whatever it may be like that that's that's the right people to me i don't understand like why you you would go chemical versus or something like this like it, it makes no sense to me like give me a pill like because this it's not like this is difficult yeah you know it, it's like hey you still have to get your you still have to go to the doctor you still have to get your, your prescription filled for whatever med that you're taking it's like this it's a one-time prescription and you never have to go see the doctor again and then if it works like it just yeah like that 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 one 
someone that statement for me is like it's mind-boggling like, why would you fucking take a pill that's been produced in a factory versus something that could you know help you like this I yeah. hear you. And the anxiety <laughs> thing is I really had no idea how many people had it. Like, I had legitimate buddies that ex-military operator, buddy of mine, who he's like, dude, um, he's like, it's the real deal. He's like, I was on my fucking kitchen floor, curled up in a ball, like, freaked the fuck out. I'm like, this guy? Like, I know his experiences. I know his backgrounds. I dove with him and stuff like that. And then I talked to a couple other my close friends, too. They're like, oh, yeah, dude, I get fucking panic attacks. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm like, when do they come on? He's like, dude, sometimes I'll be at the fucking stoplight and I'll just come on. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, talk to myself, breathe, this, that, and the other. I'm like, Holy shit. And these are guys that I would do anything with in any, like, high, uh, um, uh, in a situation where it's high risk. Like, I'd be, yeah, come on, man. Like, these guys, I would never second guess their ability to operate through anything in a tough situation. And when they're telling me shit like that, I'm like, holy cow. It's, I think, I mean, I don't know what, what the numbers are or like what the studies are, but it seems like anxiety is, 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 is more common than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's between 20 and 30% of the population has some form oh, of man. anxiety. Yeah. And I remember um, it wasn't up until about six years ago that they really, even the military, the VA started focusing yeah. on sending the message like, we know you have mental health stuff going on. Embrace it. Here's the options. Here's the clinics we have for it. Here's the help. Like, it took a little bit of the stigma way to kind of open it up like, Hey, we know, we know you're all doing it now. Let's just kind of get it out in the open a little bit and we can have it, it instead of hush, hush. And, 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 and instead of like, cause you don't want to be, you don't want to be blackballed and you don't want to be ostracized and you don't want to feel like, Oh, if you have that where, and, and I don't know how it is for your old department now, because when I was a firefighter, it's like, you know, it was, it was what this 16, 15 years ago is that that stigma, like, uh, expressing that or even showing that what perceived weakness yeah at the like no i have some mental health stuff going on like it it was it was don't talk about it because it will it will label you um some of the guys who had struggles like we had ptsd briefing we had tough calls or fire so it's like it it was almost like no like how's the the equivalent of someone who chews tobacco like you got it yeah. Yeah. You don't spit. You got it. Like it was, it was, it. So then, guys who were struggling, and, and, and you know, and we had female firefighters too. So I shouldn't just say guys, but the the the, the firefighters who were experiencing that, it the culture did not encourage to express it or to get treatment or to especially make it known. And I know the VA changed that where it's a lot more wild, except then and guys just go to the clinic and soldiers. It's just like, oh, it's like it's part of like, oh, they go to the, the different clinics. And it, it's just like, oh, like they're just put it out in the open a little bit more like, hey, majority of guys, people have it. So let's just make it out in the open and comfortable for us to power part of the culture that, hey, we have these things because of the service and whatnot. So um, I'm, I'm not sure how your all's is, but it's, it's a lot better. I would that's say good. It, well, like, it's yeah, definitely we, changed in my, yeah, in my for time. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, like it's a lot more open and 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 there's peer support groups and all that other stuff. But now. in our in our system, it took a rash of actual uh, suicides, suicides, yeah, to we, create some legitimate change and and perspective and 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 all that. To where now it's well, it's certainly better than it ever has been. Can it improve? I, I believe it can, um, but it is. Uh, it, it's not. It, it, 
I think individually people perceived that it was the the response was going to be worse than probably what it actually was going to be. So they were very very afraid and very concerned about sharing that. And then, and then uh, there were people that, or there are people that you know look at that as some kind of defect. And it's, it's yeah, not. yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. That's mostly ego driven, I think. But yeah. oh, I yeah. think we had hundred four suicides in one year. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember. Or like if a it was exactly period. a year, yeah, but it was, like was nine months or some yeah. crazy short period where we had four, mm-hmm. four suicides. That your department? Yeah, wow. yeah, for sure. So, and I and I think there's people. We there's more people that are struggling through some of that stuff. Like we had our first medical um, retirement for PTSD, like not mm. too long ago. Yeah, I'm not certain. Yeah, so it was. I think that was a year or two ago. Um, we had one, and 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 I think you'll you'll start to see it more, um, because you know everybody's different, and everybody handles everything differently, and some like like some of that stuff's really debilitating for for some people. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And we uh, one of the things we love to do, and, and and one of the lead psychologists of the VA clinics, we I just reached out to her last week, and she said, hey, she's like, I'm not sure when they're going to come back. We we went to a lot of the the PTSD PTSD and anger management group meetings, um, and that's where we bring in the devices we as a collective they'd introduce us we'd do um treatments on veterans there because they all been then it's like they took a little while to warm up to us but when we talk they start opening <laughs> up and then naturally yeah of course and then once <laughs> yeah. i start talking and then I've, I've learned to break those barriers down a little bit because i kind of tell them my story is like did you say your crossfitters to start because you probably <laughs> called that one back. yeah no there's yeah. a lot of military that likes crossfit there's a lot of military first responders like there's there's workouts named after military and first responders oh, yeah. so. I, we're just kidding <laughs> i'm like so Dang it. Don't be so i gotta put my crossfit <laughs> armor on <laughs> I forgot you guys did play soccer so you're gonna be a little, oh, more, <laughs> you're gonna be a little more dramatic oh snap <laughs> <All right>. um <laughs> and then when we go to those groups it was uh you know i always tell my story because then they're able to it, it brings out like okay this guy this guy understands there's a little bit of empathy there when yeah, i kind of share sure. a little bit and then well misery loves company right yeah yeah and then when but then when they get together like we i really like those ptsd groups and anger management because then they're like, I'm not alone. Like, I'm not alone. And then, you know, it just takes one. And then if we get in those, I usually kind of share, like, what my experience is. And then, you know, one will, one, one gentleman will be like, oh, you know, I served in Vietnam. And here's what I experienced. And, you know, I was a gunner in infantry. And then another is like, oh, I served there too. What'd you do? And, you know, someone's like, oh, I'm an, um, I'm an Iraqi veteran and this and that. And so it's like it starts to open up. And then there's like, hey, like, there's a certain amount of brethren here. Like, we we might have different experiences, but we all experience some type of trauma, uh, not only physical, but mental. And, and then that opens up and they're able to talk. And that's how we get the devices and introduce them. And it, it opens it up. And then, and then, or if one person's like, oh, he's like, I already have one of those. And let me tell you what I've been doing. It helps me out a lot. But those groups are really, are really, yeah, we're awesome. We love supporting those groups too. Like if that's there's ever tribe. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and so. and sometimes don't know each other first because it's interesting because yeah. like they come in, like they're guarded. And they like, don't come in, they're. Oh yeah, like yeah, like oh, oh, yeah. I have to be here. <laughs> yeah, and then once they start talking and have devices on, they're all like, yeah, they're buddies change. and it's cool. Yeah. And so you know, we we love doing those. Like that was, and I miss those. And and, and you know, Doctor Summer, she's like, I don't know when they're coming back, but you know, I'll let you know because those are just fun groups to be part of. And Absolutely. And, and, and so that and that's where well, you're helping, right? It is. Yeah, you're actually helping somebody. Like that feels yeah. good for everybody. Like right. come in, all these dudes are all fired up and pissed yeah. off or skeptical, and then like everybody leaves and they're in a better place. Yeah. So. And the stories are great. You know, we because we do a lot of education over the phone now because we didn't go into the VAs during COVID because we usually yeah. once they get a device, we go meet with them, educate them, show them how to use it, go over it with them do treatments with them uh, and then when 
during COVID, they wouldn't allow a lot of things to shut down. So now they just order them. And then their first experience is us with the phone, send them information on how to use it. And we, we educate them and do it that way. But it, it's one of the blessings too allows us to, to hear the stories, to understand like, hey, how they got that. We learn a little bit. They share their how they got PTSD. Um, same thing with like, I know some of the coolest things is when people ask stories of when as a firefighter and I, I don't have as, as many years in as you all, but it's like that captivates people. It's interesting to kind of share the real life stories and, and, um, uh, those are, those are some of the, the blessings of what we have, you know, uh, it, it's so we, we do this with a passion. It's, it's so much fun. You know, we, if we were surgical reps or doing other things, we'd probably make more money, but it's like, we give back. We're allowed to have a a wife tell us how amazing it is because her husband's getting sleep and goes to the ball games with the kids now or takes the device because they never gone to the softball game before and they're able to take the device and then when even if they're struggling at the game with the noise and the crowd they go back into the car and just do the treatment but they're present yeah. the kid knows they're present or someone gets an, uh, a night of sleep and the it's like being able to contribute to something that could help without a medication or help that 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 family that person that individual because you know, Jeremy and I, our grandfather that we share came back from World War II and he was he was jacked. And and, and he medicated, self medicated and on and what front was he on? Because was he on like the on the European front? Okay, so yeah. okay, other side. And and he you know, our parents share about what that household was like from someone who had oh, severe yeah. PTSD and it was rough. Drinking I mean, I could oh, and my mom yeah. and my dad's side too. He my grandfather and my mom's side bounced back um better than my than our grandfather did on our mother's side and he he um you know my 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 mom left home at 15 without an education because she's like whatever's out there at this age without education is a better better option than here (laughs) yeah right and then my dad was 16 it's like and that's all from the environment because these individuals came back and they didn't have the treatment they didn't have the resource they didn't have the ability to treat their mind in a better way to create a better environment and get in whatever's going on here inside their head. They passed it along to that environment and at home and whatnot. So we can tell like, even now, like just like when you're talking about it, you can see it in your eyes. It's still, it's still hanging with you. Oh, Um, you know, those, like those memories and stuff. So yeah. So like you had said, it's it's affecting generations. It's still close to your heart. Like you totally tell. We, uh, yeah, there's a, you know, and I hear the stories from, you know, we have a, our moms are kind of hush hush about it a little bit more, but our, our, we have an aunt who's a master degree social worker. So she, she retired in that environment and, and her husband, same. And he got, he's, he's a mental health admin. He retired from the state mental hospital or uncle Dave in New Mexico. So they, they helped our journey a lot to help us evolve quite a bit and, oh, and sure. help a lot of cognitive therapy and, our our moms are a little bit more hush hush about it, and, and both sides don't talk about it as much. But our one aunt Elaine, who she has that strong mental callus, she don't give a fuck. She <laughs> yeah, she she sings like a bird. She's like, let me tell you how it is, and we're just like, hey, everybody has one of those. Things. So yeah. she, but she did it in a way so we can get an understanding about. If it's a lot of times if we don't take a if we don't have an understanding about something, sometimes we'll come with our own conclusions. Yeah, for sure. And so there was a many years I was like, is this is this just because. I'm operating away because it's me and it, kind of sharing some of that information. So then you understanding what your foundation is, because if you're, if, if your roots are 
not planted the right way, it, it's definitely tougher to grow a strong tree. So she gave a lot of information about her roots, why this. Let me tell you about, she says, like, let me tell you about my experience and whatnot. So she left early too. And it's no doubt because the PTSD symptoms went untreated and it was all done the wrong way. Why they left 30. So then my parents, they started life at 16 and 15, trying to get married, down to education, had my first, had my brother when they were 17 and 16 no education, small towns, like, so those are the roots where it's like all that stems and it just snowballs downhill. So then what, what is affecting down the road, down the years, because one individual in one household had PTSD symptoms that went untreated. How does that affect generations? And it's still, well, it's never it, fixed. It like, doesn't yeah. until the, yeah. the root problem has, has, has never been addressed. And like yep. in, in, in the Latin culture, and I'm sure you like, like you guys know, like, they don't want to talk about stuff. There's oh. shame and embarrassment yep. and all that stuff that comes along with it. But, you know, it's better just like, what problem? There's no problem. Yeah, machismo. And, yep, yeah. we just, hush, hush, we don't talk about it. And so that one individual, it just, it, it, the effect goes down just just all the way down like an umbrella just comes yeah. down. And so in some of our, you know, we, we Jeremy and I are pretty fortunate in, in, in how we've, um, been less stupid in life over the years and we've evolved a little bit jeremy's fucking lying to you yeah <laughs> a little bit and we because uh, i've known him for a long time yeah. you know some of our other family members uh they didn't get a chance to bounce back and they're still suffering the residuals from the foundation from years ago so this is something that when we help veterans and we help people like when we get phone calls ryan does a lot of work in the private sector anybody comes they're like hey we know that if we help this individual and we help them get better sleep, help their anxiety, help with the depression. You know, how's it going to affect their children at home, their marital situation, or to get back on track at work? Or it's like that. And then that is influences many, many people. So just helping yeah. one person at a time can be helpful. And, and um, you know, we do that with a passion. It's fun. Yeah. And, and we, we it's, it's, it's definitely not about the money. It's about we're, we're contributing to a better place in the world, and, and that's and that's a fun place to be. Well, I mean, no pun intended, but like you guys are out there making like making a difference, like yeah. for sure. And that's what. I don't, is there anything else that you you guys want to add? I think we're a couple hours. Wrap this well, thing up. I got a question. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, where did Sandlot come from? Because every time <laughs> I look at that, I think of you're killing me, small. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So that's so crazy. The big and, hambino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the big hambino. Colossus <laughs> of cloud. <laughs> the Colossus <laughs> of cloud. Yeah. Um, so. I originally started my distributorship. I had a, a an opportunity that I had to act quickly on, and um, I originally named our company um, Yellow Jacket Medical, and that came because I worked for a company that we did a um, a process that was designed to expedite processes and efficiencies for the medical equipment, as well as shipment, customer service, and whatnot. And so we named it Dragonfly because the guy who was in charge of it didn't want it to be confused with anything else. And a lot of these things are named like, oh, business development this, or are these like generic names. And he's like, let's Prestige name it something worldwide. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, let's think of something super cool that stands out that nothing, it, it won't be confused anything. So we named it that and it never got forgotten. It was always like, oh, Dragonfly, the process. We all, everybody knew what it was around the company. And so when I was in a time crunch that my first deal with the VA was handed to me they said you have to process this pretty quickly or if not we're going to give it to another company i had to learn how to start my own llc how to work with how to do business with the government i mean this was like i had to learn real quick or i was going to lose an only opportunity to have and it was it was a blessing because it put my feet to the fire so i thought about that story and i was like 
What another cool thing would be to call it? I always thought just took out yellow jacket like because that was a, a cool creature soccer yeah name. Oh, soccer. <laughs> he's always dogging on soccer <laughs> the yellow and jackets that, that yeah. sounds like a soccer I know. team apologize U- that, team. apologize <laughs> that we're not running or that we're not rolling around with sweaty guys in tights that's yeah. our fault yeah. Yeah. everybody <laughs> can do it we understand yeah <laughs> um, and um so i started that and then as it evolved it was my story as my individual because <clears> i also read a book called the purple cow and it was about branding how he was traveling through France and all the cows in the field, like they were beautiful at first, but then they didn't stand out. And they were just like, oh, like you couldn't tell them apart. He's like, if one of those cows is purple, that'd be cool because it would stand out and, and it's all about branding and whatnot. And then so I came with the yellow jacket because it makes no sense. But it was cool because over the years, like it never got confused with other companies like Arizona Orthopedic, Arizona Distributors, oh, Sun Devil Medical. It was yeah. just... It, yeah. Desert it, this, it, desert yeah, that. Desert yeah. that. Yeah. It never got yeah. confused. And I was like, okay, it kind of works in a weird way. And it was a conversational piece. But over the years, um, and actually we just rebranded a couple months ago, we um, we offer a variety of different equipment. Um, there's some cool things. Jeremy started doing some up walkers on, and it's on our social media, some really cool posts that help people, walk, veterans walk better mm-hmm. and more efficiently. And, and you know... Well, we, and, and Ryan and I always talk sports about lots of different things from soccer to baseball to CrossFit and, and the cross and the, and the, and that's some of these, an actual sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all these companies that we work with, they're very well-groomed. They're, they're very refined. They, you know, they're work for these big major corporations. They're not, you know, we're in the trenches there. We're a small company. We, we have different products that don't match with each other. We just get things done because we have a passion for it. And we thought, you know, and we... Well, you're more agile. It's smaller, that's you're it. more agile. You can move and then We give those references too. that we're able to adapt and overcome. And even from our childhood, I've used that reference a long time when people have not faced adversity in life and they've never... And, and when there's adults, they've been pampered or they don't understand it, is that when, they, when adversity comes or they're faced with challenges, like they crumble because they, they, they don't have that callus. And our uncles taught us, you know, that we're mental callus. So it affects. And, and so we talked about that. And then one day, you know, Ryan and I were walking into the surgeon's office and some type of reference. I was like, yeah, it's like, well, they've never played Sandlot baseball. Because, you know, on the Sandlot, in the movie, the baseball is like compared to the kids that came to challenge them in the all white uniforms, yeah. they go to the pristine field. And But the passion and the grit and the determination won that game and pulled through. I said, yeah. And said, and we're unconventional. Like we have, we're very, um, we, we just operate in a different way. So I said, yeah, that's why we're like the Sandlot team of the medical sales. And we kind of were like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Like there it is. And we we're talking about rebranding, but I didn't have the right name and I didn't have that. So then we decided to completely rebrand and it was, and Allie and Ryan have been part of this journey and I wanted them to be part of it, part of the story and, and, and change it from my story to their, they've been a big part of growing this and, and just amazing young professionals as they're both their first jobs out of college. Um, and they, 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 they're, they're part of this story too. So I wanted them to be part of it. And so we, we, we have that. And then Jeremy, when he came on, he, he has a lot of social media followers and, He's been doing some cool social media posts. He helped deliver some of the equipment. Jeremy on social media. Yeah. I don't follow him and now. it's funny. And like he's <laughs> he's created some cool posts even recently with this. And this is all pretty new. This is the infancy of it. So um, we're gonna add some stuff and now I'm sure it'll come up with some cool things to add to yours and put on there. So that's where that story Sandlot Medical is. And there's information on the alpha stem there and, and, and also on the website and, and, and you know. Yeah. So yeah, so that, awesome. that's where that came from. So hopefully it's a cool story. I don't know. We thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But people are like, like from the movie, we're like, yeah, so it allows Ali and Ryan, when they're talking to also talk about it and me and it, it's a conversational piece. And that's what we like because because yeah. it just yeah. said desert medical equipment. You're like, oh, 
<laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. I mean, because reef builders, people are like, what the fuck reef builders? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, we built fish tanks. So and should, I, like, I totally get it. Like, people are like, where'd that come from? And where do we stand out from ABC construction? That's it. Smith right. construction. Totally. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, and when Mike reached out to me, because Mike's not one that's going to kind of reach out to me for shit, and Mike knows that I'm not going to really, like, listen to much unless it, it's coming from a pretty good source so when he reached out to me he talked about like you guys like obviously we had jeremy in, in common but he spoke real highly of, of you guys and then kind of even when i talked to you first i'm like ah, yeah just send the stuff over i'll take a look at it and then you know kind of go from there but but as i as i did a little bit of research on it and like read about it i really liked kind of what i heard and i didn't want to do too much i wanted you guys to come in here and tell your story and sure. kind of talk about it and i'm like hey if it sucks we just won't even put it on but it's you know it's, <laughs> it's definitely going on because i think what you guys are doing is 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 a cool thing i like to to see people that are passionate about what they do because because in, in life i think you need to be passionate about whatever you do it's Painting five uh, uh, bottle caps and selling them on the corner for five cents, and you're passionate about. It. I think that's fucking awesome. But you guys are out there making a difference. You're helping veterans, which I, which which I am am one of those. I'm a first responder. You know, uh, Chris is a first responder. So you guys are out there trying to make the world a better fucking place. Obviously, everybody wants to make money, and I can appreciate that too. But you guys actually have a product that's actually helping people. It's not a pill. It's not shit like yeah. that. And it's not easy. Um, so I appreciate you guys coming in here talking about that, Jeremy. You know, y you tell us about your struggles because that's not comfortable stuff. But the more willing you're, the more willing you are to put your bad shit out there, the more it helps people, and 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 that's what this is about. So appreciate that because I know it's not comfortable. I've been on that other side of the mic telling my story, and it's not comfortable at all. So thank you guys for that. Um, Chris, you got anything to add for we? Well, I, I wanted to ask a question. This is really for Brandon, not necessarily for me. But do the do the probes stimulate hair growth? Is there <laughs> any, any any efficacy in that? Now, since we're the representatives from the company, we can't say that. We've been asked if it helps with ED as well. We so <laughs> we can tell you after. We can't promote that, but. No. Off off record, we'll we'll, we'll chat and we'll share those. <laughs> okay. Got it. Um, oh, one thing I want to share is like when I was describing it, your podcast, it's I was like it reminds me of Joe Rogan. No, a bit, but no, but no, no, but in a way where it's but like short Rogan bus. has like you know he has Elon Musk. He has these uh, these individuals. I listen one with Matt Fraser because he's the five time CrossFit chair. Yeah, he's yeah. great. It's but also it's those people live a different reality. When I was starting to listen to you know these different podcasts where it came on, is like it I was able to resonate more because these are like normal people that I can relate to more. With a JV so I was in, team. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I was, so I was engaged more to it. I was like, oh, it's like because you know, you listen to some of these other people who are multimillionaires or they're famous or this, like it's it's not as relatable, but when I started listening more, I was like, oh, I was like, I really started enjoying more and I'll listen to, to a lot more of them because it's 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 like I feel like um like I like it's more like my people. Like I'm like, okay, yeah. these people are experiencing the same things I did. These are real life people that have this, you know, they're not doing it as multimillionaires or not doing it with fame. It's like, it's just a different reality. And so that's something I, I, I really, uh, really enjoyed. And it was, it was, it spoke more to someone like on a, on a, just a, a regular gen pop level like myself. Right. And if I could add I something real quick, uh, if you guys are on Instagram or Facebook, social media, the Instagram handle is, at Sandlot underscore medical. And there's links to get on the Facebook from there as well. Yeah. And then it's Ryan Williams. Ryan can be reached at Ryan at SandlotMedical.com. Steven Ray Garcia can be reached at Steven at SandlotMedical.com. The website for Alpha Stem is what? Spell it. Um, alpha hyphen stem, A-L-P-H-A 
hyphen S-T-I-M. If people want to get a hold of you guys individually, that's yeah. their email. Do you guys have Instagram accounts? Yeah. They can send it through the... I don't uh, think I'll put your number out there. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I have call thousands of veterans of PTSD with my phone number, so it's okay. all good. So that's my job is to answer questions, and I don't... Weekends, nights, whatever. It's like I, I promote it, and I expect that that's, that's how we are able to serve and we keep our, our, our clients happy. So, and we operate in the state of Arizona. So we're the representative. So anything outside of Arizona, get fucked. We no, no, yeah. <laughs> reach out. I'll get you the right person. But yeah, right. And if anybody wants to try it out, you know, you, yeah, you're interested, you want more information. You have a, a PTSD group, you have first responders and thing. That's our job. And we have a team of several of us that can be here to help. And that's our job to go out, provide information, uh, you know, try treatments out. I have from first responder, conference i've had several um officers in the fire and also please reach out say hey i have a buddy that's this 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 i have this i want to try it it's like yeah that's our job you know you reach out to us we're here to help awesome very cool all right uh, ryan steven jeremy thank you guys you're welcome thank you thank you thank you everybody for listening to another episode you can find this podcast anywhere you, where you can download a podcast uh find us on instagram feedback is always welcome go out there give us a review even if it's shitty throw it up there we definitely want to hear it We'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, thank you.